0: Brittany Chisholm, you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: Hey, this
2: is Ralph Shaheen from Fox Sports, the home of Supercross. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm a Niner fan, and we're yeah. going to take the Cowboys down. Yeah. Save me from my.
1: We're back. Episode 162 of the Moto X-Pod show. Excited to be back. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, which is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, and more. Also, follow Torque One Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please, when you're ordering uh, hard parts, stuff like you know levers and handlebars, check out Torque One Racing. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. It helps us out. And of course, our longtime sponsor, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Williams Moto Works, Acherby's, X-Brand Goggles. And again, to highlight a couple of our sponsors, Blood Lubricants back on for 2020 for the rest of this year and into part of next year, um, please visit Blood Lubricants, that's B-L-U-D.com. Uh, this is some of the best oil on the planet. This stuff is killer. Keeps your bike running cool, lasts forever. DJ TJ and I use it and you can use promo code motox to save and to let them know that we you guys are listening and, and you know supporting us, supporting the show helps us out. And uh, as I mentioned Fly Racing, you guys know that last week I mentioned the Fly Kinetic gear giveaway. We got a uh, got a lot of entries this this time. Really really happy with it. But I know there's still a lot of people out there that listen that uh, have not entered. So we're going to run this thing another week. And what I'd like is um, I'd like to hear some people that haven't entered yet. And I'd like to know, like, I'd like to get an email at MotoXPodShow, or motoxpodshow at Gmail. Or you can go to MotoXPodShow.com and use a contact link and let us know, like, why typically you don't enter these contests. Because, like I said, there's not even close to the amount of entries as people listening I want to know why you don't want to win some free stuff. Like I mean DJ TJ, you're in studio today. I mean, when you want to win a free set of gear, you always ask, "Why can't I win?"
0: I about to say I'm always wanting to win, but you just basically tell me that I am uh what's the word you use? Um
1: Uh same one that they use for me, you and I <laughs> Blanky too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what a great show. Yeah, um, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm un-eligible. uneligible. Ineligible. Yeah, ineligible. ineligible. There you go. Now, I like uneligible. It sounds even better. It sounds like something you would say. Yes. So, so anyways, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it, but people don't sign up. People don't get stuff. So, Yeah,
1: it's crazy. I, I don't know. I'd like to win stuff. We just sent out some blood lubricant oils. We're going to send out some Fly Kinetic gear here in another week or so. Um, I I actually have some other giveaways I've been working on. But anyway, uh, good show tonight. Great show tonight, actually. Kevin Merritt, who is the owner and originator of Tamer Hole Shot Devices, starting devices. He is the original starting device. Uh, you guys know last week we had Brad Smith in. He talked about the new one coming from Pro Taper, and throughout that conversation, and just me and TJ talking, and then I crashed at Shan Garcia's house, who owns Shock Socks and Burm Lord's Graphics, and we talked about it and like I, you know just kind of discussing the fact that Kevin was the original, and any, every other company, including Works Connection, like has to pay him royalties because he has the patent. I found it really interesting, and then this weekend I was up at. Winterset, Iowa, for the Justin Brayton uh, Invitational Race. And Kevin was there, and I got a chance to meet him. He's going to come on the show here in a little bit. He's going to be our first guest of the night. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then we're going to talk to Zach Osborne. Obviously, we know Supercross is about to kick back off. We're going to get into a little bit of that. Uh, and also, Justin Brayton is going to come on talk about Supercross starting and uh, the race we just I just had or I went to up in Iowa. Uh, we're going to talk to Marshall Welton, who is a Privateer, He cleaned house up in Winterset. He's been racing in Canada. I get a little bit of his story. Um, and anyway, so we've got TJ, I don't know, five minutes before we need to get Kevin on the phone. Uh, so I, I told you a little bit. I guess some of the guys heard on Pulp. If you listen to Pulp, I haven't even heard the whole thing yet. But Michael Antonovich was on Pulp last night. Yeah. Michael and Antonovich worked me up in Winterset on pit bikes. Well, I also watched some of the video. You were terrible on a pit bike. Never rode one, ever. Well, I mean, insane. I don't think that's a great excuse, but the reality is I, I this is going to sound really embarrassing and really pathetic, but I'm willing to put it out there. Okay, I got on Justin Brayton's 110 and was like, there's no clutch. Like, I didn't know. I've never rode one. So, you know, when you go to the corner and I'm, like, pulling the clutch to try to get some RPMs up, it doesn't work like that. Again, not an excuse. I think if the clutch had been there and I was used, somewhat used to the bike, Anton, I come to find out later... Is like a pit bike guru. He says, "Yeah, I've spent hours upon hours upon hours like it at, at, at events that where they demoed pit bikes, and he'll go out for like an hour and a half and been told he has to get off. and He has pit bike course that is like dad's place or something, and that's what he loves to do. So when I came up with this idea, I was walk- they were having a pit bike race Friday night, yeah, at at, at uh, Riverside Raceway in Winterset, Iowa." And I thought, man, this is kind of cool, you know. And after about six or seven of these motos, because there's so many entries, I went and found Checkers, who is Chris Riesenberg. He run, he's you know part of Race Tech. Right. He said, hey, man, you're kind of putting this thing on. How much stroke do you have? And he goes, Oh, I I could get something done. And I was like, I want to challenge Anton to a you know like media versus media pit bike race. Do you think we can make that happen? Could you get us bikes one on one? And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like best of five. And I go, Oh, I was just thinking like two laps but okay best of five sure so he goes immediately and talks to justin brayton is like justin's like yeah you can ride mine we'll get you another one then i'll hit hit up uh, bob lowry with fly and their local tech jason was there or a uh, rep and he got right. me a couple helmets and anton was like hell yeah didn't know while i was off getting helmets i come back and they're like oh dude anton's been talking some shit he's gonna <laughs> kick your butt you know he's and I'm just thinking, yeah, whatever. Well, he worked me. Didn't didn't know till afterwards that he was like this pit bike master.
0: Well, the um the, the thing I, I kind of hung up on at the very first of what you're saying. You said that you were wanting to use a clutch to build some revs in the corner. When's the last time you actually spent time on a two-stroke?
1: Oh, not very much.
0: So, but wait, still- wait, hold on. Okay. So, do you do that on your 450? You pull your clutch in
1: and like rev the motor? If I go into I mean, not usually. Like I'll use it a little bit. I'll, <laughs> okay. feather, I'll feather it sometimes on a 450. Sometimes. Do you know you have a thing on the left,
0: the shifter? You just shift down yeah. and you got power.
1: Sometimes I. I mean, you, you you tell me you never use your clutch ever. Going on into, a four stroke, barely ever. Okay. Well, I rarely do either, which is why my clutch in my 06 lasted ten years. Yeah. But when I am not used to how this the power of this bike or how it works, and I go into a corner and I twist the throttle and it doesn't really go, my <laughs> natural reaction is to pull the clutch in to get the rpms up. And there is no clutch, so then I'm like slamming gears, and Anton's already gone. So yeah, it didn't it didn't work very well. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, uh, hang on, we got a text from Fully. Uh, oh, okay, I, th- I thought he was maybe telling us we had some audio issues or something. Uh, Brian from a Cherby says, "Fun fact: I am the 2001 Ohio State Open Pit Bike Champion." Jamie, you too tall, bro. So seriously, but though, I, I sucked. That's the really
0: um, thanks, Brian. This weekend, I messaged Swan. Okay. And I said, hey, because they're good. What of so our local tracks. Well, it's our local, probably the longest running local track that we have around. I mean, there's Burleson, may have been, but anyways, doesn't matter. Point being is I messaged them, and they have always, like, like they've always responded quite well, but I didn't know what they say. I sent them a message saying, hey, how about a $10 entry fee pit bike class, no trophies, just for the night race, because they have a night race Saturday yeah. night. And they said, great idea.
1: So maybe I'll get to race a pit bike for $10. bucks. that would awesome. be great. Yeah. Well, I didn't get 10 bucks. Um, Anton won 20 off some random fan that had made a, like, whoever won, he was going to get 20 bucks to. Uh, but it, I mean, the crowd for the most part seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. And like I said, we did it five times. Well, no, we did We did it four times because he beat me three of the four times. So it ended pretty quick. He really should have just swept me. Um, yeah, pretty bad, but lots of fun. So, awesome. F, F you, Anton. But we got to get Kevin on the phone, so let's take a quick little break, and we'll get Kevin Merritt on. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Our first guest of the night is brought to you by Cherby's. For decades, Cherby's has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherby's has what you need. Visit a or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Brian Fullerton. Let them know that the Moto X Pod show sent you. But tonight, the Cherubies brings us the owner of Tamer, Kevin Merritt. What's up, Kevin?
3: Nothing. Just uh, just got done machining some parts, and so I was shutting her down for the night, ready to go in, take her easy.
1: That's Yeah, so I got the chance to meet you this weekend. We, I was just talking to TJ uh, about the pit bike races up there at Winterset at Riverside Raceway. But I got a chance to meet you, and uh, that was really cool, first of all. um. And I think I told you that I did not realize the history of the start device. Basically, um, kind of give us your background and you know you, how this thing whole, whole thing started.
3: Well, it's it's kind of it's probably a boring story for most. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. <laughs> we started out in 1991. We started out in the bicycle industry, and I invented suspension seat posts for bicycles. So, Seriously. Yep. Oh, yeah, wow. we, had the, we had the patent on that and two different designs, and then uh, that grew pretty big. That grew into a pretty large company, and uh, we, we were building seat posts for Schwinn and Yeti and Trek and, huh. and uh, K2 at that time, all kinds of companies. So uh, a lot of tandem companies. We, and then what happened is White Brothers started building the seat posts that was yeah. infringing upon our patent. So we talked to them. They said, we'll just buy the company. So they bought us out in 2003, I guess. Okay. Sounds, sounds like
0: an old field company. You just build it up big <laughs> enough to put, the competition buys you out.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, but in the meantime, I was at Interbike Show, and in 19, uh, or I'm sorry, 2001, 2000, somewhere in that area, Justin Brayton called me. And asked me to be his mechanic on the Arena Cross Series. That's when my Kid owned it, and that's when we were still on. You know, we did the 125s and the 250s each night, and you raced Friday night and Saturday night. It was it was pretty cool. So I was like, yeah, I might do that. That might be kind of fun. Right. I didn't just, didn't have any kids or nothing. So we decided to do the deal. Um, and I was at the Interbike show in Las Vegas, and he calls and he goes, hey, the deal fell through. Oh. I'm like, really? Wow. So, um, he goes. So, you want to own the team? <laughs> I go. <laughs> n- no, I said I don't know anything about owning a team, Justin. I said, but I don't know. Let me see what I can do. So, I was a test writer for American Honda back in the day, and uh, so Dave, I knew Dave Arnold pretty well. Okay. And I called Dave Arnold, and he was at Pro Honda Oil. He was on the Honda Oil side of things, and he's like. Yeah, we can do something. He says, what do you need? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've never done this before. So yeah. um, told him what we needed. We hired Brandon Bartz and Justin Brayton. I worked for uh, Justin, and, and Brandon had a mechanic. We hired a mechanic for him. And So what I did is is uh, we were preseason testing. And uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was testing a bike for us here locally and they came out and they had a minivan and they, they had the bike tied down in it, you know, to get it through the door. So I was unloading his bike for him and I remember unloading it and it like stung my hands. I'm like, Man, your suspension's stiff he goes, Ah no, I got it tied down so it fits through the door and it hit I this idea hit me. I'm like, I wanna do a start with a tie down on the bike. <laughs> and they're like, You are insane. What are you talking about? So we tried it. This was in, so I still owned the bicycle company, so we were producing everything in-house. So we had our own machining centers and everything. So I told the guys, I said, I'm going to go back to the shop. I'm going to build a, a device that holds the forks down and releases. Well, we built it, and it, it didn't work. It didn't release. It stayed stuck down. I'm like, okay. So we kind of massaged it over the next two weeks, actually, got something that worked. And that's when the Arena Cross series started in Des Moines, Iowa. Hmm. We showed up there and we were here we are trying to latch these things and everybody's like, What in the hell are you guys doing? you know? <laughs> yeah. Get away from me. So and Justin Brayton was a nobody at that time. And uh him and Brandon Bartz both pulled every hole shot and just at about one that night. And I'm like, Okay, I better get this thing patented. So I I
0: got a question real quick. Yeah. So I remember I'm getting into the wayback machine. I worked at uh, the local shops here and there was a start device where you had to like m- like basically cut a hole out in your yep. f- was that y'all?
3: No, that was then in fact so back factory Yamaha designed that one where Okay. they put a sponge behind it so it would push the fork guard out and it was just a hook sticking out. Yep. And uh and they just flex the fork guard in and hook on the hook. Yep. And uh I seen that one too. I'm like, okay, I think ours is better. Yeah, ours, that
0: was kinda of dangerous looking.
3: It <laughs> was. They quit doing it. They yeah. they didn't do it very long but that, that particular design, um, didn't last very long and then a couple of the companies tried it, but yeah, yep. So we went with a mechanical design, basically a you know, a spring design and everything, and we applied for the patent, got it, and then became the nightmare of I'm like, ah, oh, sweet, I got a patent, another patent, you know. The yeah. bicycle industry, it worked out great. Well, the motorcycle industry, within, within a year, there was 35 people building a starting device just like ours.
4: Oh, oh wow. wow. That's
3: a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Works Connection Pro Circuit. We're talking Taiwan, uh, China, Um, you know, you name it, Pit Posse, UFO. Right. Everybody was building one. So, so I'm like, now what do you do? And... uh so I learned real quick that a patent's worth about what, uh, how much money you have to enforce it.
0: Yeah, I've talked. And, I've actually had conversations with people who have patents for different things, and, it, and that's exactly what it is. How much money are you willing to spend to keep it your patent?
3: Yep. Well, well this is probably the best part of the story. Okay. Six years goes by, and I really can't do anything because it's like I spent all my money on this patent. It took a lot of money to get it, and uh. A friend of mine, Trampus Parker, calls me and goes, i got a lawyer, Glenn McGovern, in Louisiana, who's, who wants to do this, who wants to fight your patent. And I'm like, so I call him, introduce myself to him. He and I start talking. And I go, Glenn is literally a one-man show. He's got a secretary in him in this little office. And he goes, let me do it. I go, okay. He goes, because if you don't do anything with the patent, it actually just goes away. If you don't enforce right. it, if people are infringing upon it, you know? Uh-huh. So he took on, he goes, who do you want to sue first? <laughs> I go, I don't want to sue anybody. I just want to call them and see if they'll agree to us. So I said, let's start with Pro Circuit and worst Connection. And he goes, okay. He goes, we can do that. He goes, I thought we'd start somewhere smaller, but whatever. <laughs> so we, uh, we went to battle with them and, uh, it was, it was a long battle, about a year long battle. And, uh, at one point Worst Connection and Pro Circuit had joined forces about three quarters of the way through it. They joined their law their law teams had joined together, then they came at us and then and Glenn just kept he just kept sinking these guys. I was like, This is unbelievable.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's like I've I have never heard that before. I mean, I just at least if I did I it never like registered, right, that this was the case. Um I mean, hell, I I have one of your whole shot devices. The uh, it's the one with the Fly branding on it, the double yep. button. But I, you know, as a Fly sponsored rider, I got one of those, and yeah, they're awesome. And I just I had no idea, honestly. I mean, that, the history of that. That's uh, to me, that's really interesting.
3: It was. It was kind of scary because at one point I told my lawyer, I said, I just want to give up. I said, I know I'm the one with the patent on this deal, but. Uh, I keep thinking, you know, they, they're portraying me as the bad guy, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm tired of going to court. I'm tired of doing depositions. I'm yeah. tired of being stressed out. And so basically they tried everything. They tried showing it was invalid, that it shouldn't have been issued, that I didn't invent it, that somebody else did, and that was squelched. Kind of what sealed the, case for, sealed the deal for us was I had, when I invented it, I had some people sign a form that said, witness and understood by and they, they dated it and put their signature on it. Oh. And it, it came down to an ink test, if I remember right. Um, Holy
0: cow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a They tried
3: saying that I falsified documents. Well, I didn't. So um, then that that kind of ended the whole deal at that point. It was over at that point. So they're like, okay, now we got to do something different.
0: So another thing that I know a lot of people may not be aware of, and it's seen, I know they've seen it with the the idea behind the Alessi stuff, you also make a rear hole shot device.
3: We do. We we got the patent on the rear and the patent on the front. We yeah. got the patent on the single button and the double button. Yeah. And um and then the rear starting device, we got the patent on that also.
0: So on that rear starting device, I kind of had some questions about it. I know, like you know, my son Doc, he yep. he struggles with using that. Like, is there times where you like, like, can you give us some history on when to use that and, and about that rear?
3: Yeah. Yeah. The the whole. The whole purpose of a front and rear starting device is you're trying, to, you're trying to keep the suspension from absorbing power which or energy, whatever you want to call it. Right. That's what suspension does. It absorbs energy and dissipates that energy so we don't feel it in our legs. BMX bikes don't have suspension because the human being is the energy that's pedaling that thing. And if the bike is bobbing up and down that suspension is absorbing some of the energy instead of transferring it to the pedals and yeah. moving to a forward motion. Yep. So we try to do the same thing on a dirt bike. At the start, we try to make that bike a rigid bike, like a drag bike. And then after the start, we give you that power back because you have to have suspension, obviously. So ideally, we want the rear to stay locked down until the back tire makes contact with the gate. And what it does is you got your front brake in, you're giving the bike three quarters of the throttle and you let your clutch what I call chatter start yeah. coming out. Well, at that point the back end raises without a rear starting device and as you take off the back end has to drop first before the bike moves forward. Right. And that that you know, that doesn't happen in seven seconds. It it's a millisecond, it's very fine, but it still has to happen. So when that does it, when the suspension moves, it absorbs some of the energy from the motor instead of a forward motion, then the rear wheel makes contact with the starting gate, it rebounds up, suspension settles back down again, and then gets into the bumps out in front of the gate that you can't touch, and it moves around. At that point, your suspension's moved quite a bit. Well, with the rear device, it keeps it from coming up. So Mm -hmm. when you let the clutch out, all the energy goes into a forward motion, and then when the back tire rear tire makes contact with the gate. It releases. Yeah. You have to be five and a half inches into your travel. So it tries to rebound, but at the same time, it drives the rear wheel into the ground and keeps it driving. Well, it's worse. Some people, I tell people, I can put a front device on your bike today and you can go do a start with it this next moto and you'll be fine. Right. If I put a rear device on your bike today, it takes a little bit of getting used to because the bike moves so quick and that kind of startles some people. And then you have to know if there's a big hole after the starting gate, mm-hmm. then we kind of find that, okay, maybe we don't use them, um, but it's got to be a pretty good-sized hole. I got you.
0: Yeah, because okay. I, like I said, I mean, you know Doc, and and he's ridden for you all and had, and had the starting devices. And, man, I w- when I saw that, I was like, well, that's going to make every hole shot in the world. And he's <laughs> And he's run it. And I've talked to other guys, and they're like, I just couldn't make it work. And I actually haven't got a chance to try one. But it seems like it would just be like night and day different.
3: Well, I don't know if it's night and day. Uh, the the front The front makes a way bigger, way larger difference than the rear does. I got you. You know, you can't be sleeping online and go, oh, "Crap, the gate drops." Okay, drop the gate. I got the front and rear. I'm still going to pull the whole shot. Yeah. You still got to <laughs> be on your toes. But the rear takes a little bit of getting used to um, because you do change your seating position quite a bit
4: mm. depending
3: on what uh, what train you're on. I mean. If it's, if it's a steel grate, like Supercross and, right. and Mini-Os and stuff, it's almost, it's almost impossible to beat a front and rear off the steel grate because the, the, the terrain behind the gate is perfect.
0: Every time, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: And so some of the pro teams, I mean, like Club MX and Rock River Power Sports and uh, the, the SGB team and um, Bubba Pauly, some of those privateers, a lot of those guys are using the front and the rear.
4: Right. So
3: Yeah, know, that's
1: cool. I've never tried one either. So on the uh the the lawsuit issues and all that, like I mean, I know Eric a little bit from Works Connection and I mean, he seems like a good dude. Have you guys ever I mean, is there any is there still hard feelings, I guess is what I was going to get at. You guys still kind of have issues?
3: You know, I don't have any hard feelings. I I approached both Mitch and Eric before the anything happened and said, "Hey, I just want to let you know I filed for a patent, and I think maybe your design is infringing upon it, Um, but you're more than welcome to look at the patent and tell me what, you know, what you think. Mm -hmm. And they basically told me to go pound sand. Oh, wow. uh, But I sent it to KTM. I sent it to Hammerhead. KTM has a very large legal department.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. within
3: two days, they called me back and said, Get us a contract, and we'll sign it right now. So I knew at that point, that's why I kind of went after the big dogs first because I knew at that point I had something pretty valid. Interesting, Uh,
1: that's crazy. Just that I've never. Yeah, that's good for you, man. I mean, that's you know, you came up with a really cool thing, and um, you know, and yeah, you. I guess I would have to assume that these other companies have to give you some kind of royalties when they make their own.
3: Yes, and then we do the race tech one we do as you said the fly western power sports we we build that one right here yeah um in fact it'll say the packaging says by tamer and there's a yeah. sticker on the ring that says by tamer but and we do some one off stuff too like uh like the the honda factory honda one is a is well i think they're using a different one now but uh but i know geico uses their own and Kawasaki, factory Kawasaki uses their own, mm-hmm. and those fall under our patent too. But we don't really—they don't sell them, so I really don't. I try not to make anybody mad because when this <laughs> <Yeah>. deal happened <laughs> yeah. for a while, you know, Tucker Rocky got really upset with me, and now they're pretty cool with me. But they got really upset with me because, and so did Parts Unlimited, because they had a device, and all the ones they were selling, like the worst connection ones and stuff, they had to pull them out of the out of the catalog, and and at that time. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know this for a fact, but Worst Connection had mentioned that that was their hottest selling item.
1: Yeah. I think and it still is. The the one they have now, I think is still their Yep number one selling item. Yeah. Yeah,
3: they they come at us pretty hard. I mean, we build starting devices, that's it. We have our own shop. We don't do you know, we don't build medical equipment. We don't build right, rocket yeah. motors, you know. But we don't build any other products either. So Worst Connection's a big thing is right now we'll give you uh, you know, we'll give you clutch perches, and we'll give you everything if you buy the starting device, but you have to run our starting device. And they may even give that free too, but uh, but you have to run their starting device because they do it for that purpose. But now we've got people that are running the worst connection front device and the Tamer rear. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so
0: I got a question. you got the front ho- hole shot device, the, the rear hole shot device, slip shot. I know you know what that is, the yep. company making that. I mean, do we just should we all just do rolling starts you know what i mean like there's a lot of people who want to remove starting devices because they say it removes technique and this and that what is your i know it's your company and you want to and you want to sell those but for somebody who's a racer who had to do starts and everything before they had whole shot devices kind of like all of us started out yeah what is your thoughts on that
3: well it's kind of interesting because we're looking at the schedule for Loretta's this year and I they go, are you going to go to the vet races? I go, no. I said, because those guys are old school enough. They go, I don't need no stinking starting device.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right.
3: So, and they and they go to work on Monday because, so if they make it, they make it. If they don't, they're not trying to make a living or going to have these grand visions of being a pro someday anymore. So, right. so it is true. Um, it used to be a situation where a starting device was an advantage and then it, then everybody had one, so it kind of equalized the – just made the playing field equal. Um, and then uh, MX Sports come along and made it legal in the stock class, which was absolutely incredible for us.
4: Right. Yeah, I bet. We, the
3: yeah. problem we were having is people were hesitant to put it on their mod bikes because at an amateur national, they could start with it on the mod bike but not on the stock bike, and it was it was really tough to start – you either start with one or without one, right, and as you know, most people start with them now that it's almost it's really tough to start without one and so it made it really difficult to ride your stock bike when you had one on your mod bike, and the thing just launched out of there, so <laughs>
4: yeah,, yeah. Um,
3: I don't know, I know Charlie really well at slipshot, he and I are really good friends, and yeah. uh, i I kind of he leans on me a little bit for his patent and uh and we run his slip shot and right. um we. Some of the numbers we, we run a lit pro, uh, yeah. and some of the numbers on the lit pro are pretty impressive. With the uh, the rear front and rear and, and the slip shot together, it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I I mean that slip shot deal. I don't know if you know what that is. Dark side. Mm. It's like a it basically makes the clutch release slow. Okay. So you could pretty well just—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm, kind of simplifying it, but you could just dump the clutch. Yep. And you then throw your fingers off. You throw your like so oh, basically, but it doesn't it, actually disengage that fast. It just yeah, it's slow. And like me, I've always been. I one year of racing. This was years back, and I pulled. There was 24 races that year. I pulled 23 hole shots. You know what I mean? Before the hole shot devices were everywhere, All like right? That stuff. Okay. And I'm good at starts. Are you? But
1: now. Like you get it's on funny, the because v- I beat you every time off the start every time we race. I was on
0: a one. Hold on, I was on a one twenty five and you were riding a four fifty. I don't.
1: I don't, okay, I don't know. I don't all. remember. <laughs> I just
0: know that I got out the gate in front of you every time. Not out of the gate. You pulled me down the start. Anyways. Mm. Okay, if you say so. So, come race this weekend. I'm on my two fifty this
1: weekend. <laughs> Maybe I will show up. And say, well, man, my ribs are jacked. I can't uh, race. Excuse me. Uh, right. I'll, I'll just take the start. You, I'll beat you off you the start, and then right? I'll go home. All right. You fair hear enough. this? So, anyways.
0: But <laughs> I don't even know where I was. Oh, but the, yeah, I mean, they're like—is that going to be that slip shot going to be legal and stuff like that, and all that for the AMA stuff?
3: I don't know. Um, I know. I know he was working with Star Racing on the thing, and they were running it, you know, for a little while. Uh, and Plessinger was running it and, and was having some of his best starts ever.
1: Right. You know, okay.
3: So. It, it's it's a cool deal. Charlie Charlie knows he's from the drag racing background and he understands that he was the clutch man for a NHRA team. Right. So he understands all that and how it works. And you can adjust it to, mm-hmm. you know, how fast you want it to feed out and how slow and different huh. train settings.
0: A, it's cool. Yeah, sounds like it. So your son racing B this year? Or a.
3: A. He he got his pro license. So he uh, he wants to do. It was, the plan was he did a deal with Suzuki. And Richard Taylor was Uh the other rider on the team. And then uh, Nick got hurt pretty bad at Claremore.
0: Right, and then Richard got hurt.
3: Yeah, and then Richard got hurt. So that wiped that whole team out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, so then they were going to do, it was a West Coast team, and then they were going to do the East Coast Supercross Series. But after they got hurt, that kind of squelched that. And then, um, so then they said, okay, let's just concentrate on outdoor nationals. And they were going to bulk and ride 450s and outdoor nationals. Well, then you have, you know, it's. That, the rest of the story, right, there, right. You know, yeah,
1: so. yeah. I, I love the Taylors, man. They're good people. Uh We yeah. X Brand supports our show, and I'm I, I'm the rep for T- X Brand out here in Texas. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Kind of unofficially, but yeah, I I I I sell the stuff at the tracks and try to make sure people take care of the riders. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hey, my you what, my last a lot of people. comment, I guess, is uh, so like with my whole shot device, I always use the template that comes with. With the template, right, or with the, with the device, and like I can reach over my bars and grab my front wheel, and uh, maybe it's he's also nine foot tall. But I could pull down and lock mine <laughs> in. But then, like this weekend, I'm helping Ben LeMay with his, and holy crap, the fender has to damn near touch the freaking tire the way they set those things, and their sef- sus- stiff suspension. Um, is there is there any like uh, I guess science to where to set it?
3: Yeah, there is. That's a big thing. Um, I, I, I have this happen a lot. Kind of just a general rule of thumb, it doesn't matter what whole shot brand you're running, is you'll, you'll put the ring on the fork, and you'll actually sit on your bike and push the suspension down with your, holding your front brake like you're doing a start. Yeah. And let it come up a little bit. Don't let it travel on its own up, you know, because there's energy in the spring that will take it past that point. But bring it up till it tops out to where it's just relaxed. You make a mark at the top of your ring at that point on the foreguard, and then you do all your measurements from there. Okay. So, you know, you take you take a rider that's 180 pounds and has likes his suspension stiff, and you take a rider that's 180 pounds and likes it soft, those two starting devices are not going to be in the same spot. I see, I can't tell you guys how many times I'm in an amateur national, and I'll see somebody grab the front brake, let the clutch out a little bit, and the forks dive. Yeah button pops off they don't even know it and then the thing takes off and it wheelies and they go these things don't work i'm like you're you're not even using one
4: right (laughs) right
3: i see it i i i can tell you i i it's unbelievable how many times i see it so but what was happening is the pros then the bikes were getting so fast that they started lowering i mean justin Braden's is down there yeah, all of them are down there. Long, you know. You see them. At, you watch a supercross race now. And it takes two mechanics, and the back end comes up five feet off the air. Yeah, yep.
0: I deal with that sitting docks. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we just invented a new product that we filed for a patent on. That's a stirrup system that uh, the mechanic has with him, and it's a little piece that mounts on the fork triple clamp on the one of the bolts. It's got a keyway in it and a pulley, so you, it's a stirrup, and you put your foot in it, and it reduces the. Uh, you know, it, it cuts it in half. How much it takes to push it down that far? You can push it with your foot, and latch it, and then let off without ripping your shoulder out of the socket or the rider or having another person help you with the back end coming off the ground. Yeah,
1: awesome. Yeah, that's cool.
3: So what? we've got that now. We're, okay. we're 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 starting to put that on the market, and and you know, so mom can do it. Even I mean, mom can do it with her son. You just pull it out when yeah. you're done, and you it rolls up into a little ball, and you know.
1: I like it. We'll have to check that out. But yeah, this, this, like Ben had, LeMay had, I guess it was his dad that was with him and they were trying to set it and trying to set it and trying to set it. And I finally just walked over there and it still took me a couple tries. I think the the first time that I got his set of the four motos, I almost pulled him off the bike because I yanked so hard. And then I I kind of figured it out after that. But I think he was, he was wore out before the race ever started. (laughs) Oh,
3: tell me about it. You know, on a 450. I mean, a 450's got so much power that yeah. these guys are just long. These things are down there. You know, the fender's two inches off the tire.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, so. Kevin, man, it was uh, really cool hearing the, the backstory to this, and uh, obviously a pleasure to meet you and uh, very interesting. I appreciate you coming on for a little bit with us tonight.
3: Well, I appreciate it, guys. That's awesome. I'm
0: really looking forward to seeing your boy out at the out the outdoor nationals.
5: Yeah. Yep.
0: So hopefully, hopefully we get some of those. Hopefully he's good enough that he we can uh, maybe get some sneaky points off of the <laughs> <In> <laughs>
3: fantasy? fantasy. Yeah. 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 There you go. He made he made it to Crawfordsville. Believe it or not, last one last year he did that one. He made it to the main. So he oh, or killer. to the photos, So yeah. Um,
1: so it was good. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. We're gonna let you go, but uh, I'm very pleased that you came on and thank you.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. You Later, have a good man. night. You guys do. Right.
1: Bye. Bye. Kevin Merritt. Uh, yeah, D- TJ, I apologize. For the, I guess at the beginning of that interview, there's going to be a little bit of echo. When I hit the record button, it automatically turns on uh, a monitor option that created some echo in the sound, and I didn't realize it was on. TJ had to text me. Um, and as usual, thank you for knowing at least something about the show.
0: At least something, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, just the text made me think we had a listener at some point actually on youtube make a comment that hey like maybe don't be texting like for some reason it bothered this guy but typically like when i'm texting i'm texting the guests or if i'm sending something to you yeah so
0: because we don't have the computer system where we can yeah the messaging
1: system like pulp does but yeah anyway so try to stay like i'm not talking to other people like i'm not talking to my fiance right now who's next Uh, Next up is Zacco in just a couple minutes. So we're going to take our first actual commercial break of the night. And we're back with Zach Osborne. our machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke Premix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X-Pod show.
6: Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No
7: way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit, and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
1: If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional... Professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting@gmail.com, at gmail.com or go to MotoXPodShow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow them on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Right, right, we're back, and our next guest of the night is about to go back racing. Finally, we're Supercross is back, but he is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross. They have riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Damon Bradshaw, and this next guy, Mr. Zach Osborne. What's up, Zacho? How's it going, boss? Going good, dude. I am so, so stinking excited. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I have to assume you're excited to go racing, but it seems like for you guys, it might be a little bit of a rush just because they basically gave you two weeks from when they finally decided to make it happen.
6: No, it's not rushed, uh, at all, really. I mean, we've been riding for the better part of seven or eight weeks now. Um, originally, you know, outdoors is going to start on the 13th, of June, so we, we kind of started a while back and, um, just been fully grinding for quite some time now. So I'm, I'm excited to get it going.
1: Well, you say grinding, but what have you been riding though? Have you been riding soupy? You've been riding outdoors? You know, a little of both. Because you guys took some time off with the Baker's Factory program.
6: Yeah, we did. We took a little bit of time off, and then um, obviously I was healing up from from an injury, so the timing for me was was pretty perfect, actually. So um, we did kind of two weeks of outdoors only, and then uh, we got word that we were going to go racing on the fifteenth, uh, originally in Phoenix. So we transferred back over to supercross and um started with that and we were doing uh three days a week supercross one day a week outdoors and then when we got actual final confirmation that we were going racing in salt lake in two weeks um we we transferred fully back to supercross and been grinding since then
0: yeah i got a question about that you just brought up being at salt lake and i just had to run to seattle last weekend and go through salt lake and all that kind of stuff that's a pretty high elevation how does that affect y'all for i mean do you you think i mean it's one thing when you go there for a weekend and then you're back but y'all are going to be there for multiple weeks in a row and we know that some riders have had issues with altitude stuff what's your thoughts on that
6: i mean it's definitely something that you have to consider um i've never really struggled with altitude so for me it's not a huge deal um the three-week mark, like, you know, if you were a cyclist or something like that, three-week mark is the hardest part uh, of altitude adaptation. So, you know, the last week we're going to start to feel it a little bit more so than, say, the, the first week or if we were there for a weekend, like you said. So um, it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on and just make sure that the recovery is good and and um, keep it mellow as far as the training goes. We're not going to have much time for, uh, you know, extra training. Um, we're going to race on Sunday. And again, on Wednesday, so the only potential ride day would be like a Friday, um, you know, somewhere local. We're not allowed to leave the state of Utah without being retested 48 hours before, so um, that doesn't really allow us time to leave the state and go to, you know, say a super track or, or somewhere yeah. that we would normally ride at. So, um, yeah. Yeah, because I think Anderson,
0: uh, Anderson is the one that had a lot of issues with that in the past, yep. right? Yep.
6: Yeah, he has, um, but I think he'll have it figured out for uh, for this deal.
1: Cool. So with that, uh, with the rules that they're imp- implementing where you can't leave uh, without being tested, and, you know, I think some people are going to try Airbnb. Some people are maybe staying in motorhomes. I assume you're taking Brittany and the family. Uh, you do pretty much everything with the family. Uh you just going to stay in the motorhome, or what are you guys trying to do?
6: Yeah, that's the plan. We're just going to take the motorhome, and uh, we're going to be there um, from Wednesday the 25th or 6th, whatever that is, until mm-hmm. the till the, the 21st. So it's you know basically a whole month. We booked
4: yeah.
6: a campground right by you know right there in Salt Lake, and um, yeah, we're just gonna bed down and make the most of it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you know, with your situation, like some riders may not really just love this whole idea of being stuck there, and but like you travel with your family anyway, and they're always supportive. You go to the nationals, you stay in the motorhome for a couple of days, and I figure like this is just second nature to you probably no big deal
6: yeah i'm actually super stoked about it i think it's going to be be a cool (laughs) deal um i mean i think that you know i've I've said it before but i think the series could do with a little bit more regulation on the amount of riding that we can actually do and stuff and i think that would would be a good addition to things so you know for me the schedule makes a lot of sense and um it makes it you know uh, even maybe more fair for everyone because not everyone has the resources that we do as factory riders so right um i think I think it's a good thing.
1: What do you think about the uh, you know racing? I think it's Sundays and Wednesdays, basically, a couple times a week. uh, You know, uh, you got some guys that say, "Oh, this is more danger." Uh, You know, I don't know. Just what do you think about how these next those couple weeks are going to play out? Two and a half, three weeks. You think it's going to be cool to race a couple times a week, or I don't know. What what do you feel about it? Because I think it's
4: cool, obviously, as a fan. I
6: do. I think it's going to be good. I I think you know, I ride typically three times during the week and then Saturdays. So to me, it's a lot less riding uh, than what I would normally do, so um, you know I don't know where people get that it's more risky or whatever. That's just right. strange to me, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be fun.
1: What do you think about the uh, the, the purse? Uh, I guess the being lowered, you know, by twenty two percent. The points port. I think the season ending purse has dropped by seventeen percent. Um, I understand why. You know, some guys may be a little bit unhappy with that. You got any problem with it?
6: Uh, no, I don't have any problem with it. I, I just want to go racing. You yeah. Know, the, the uh, the clerical part of it is, is whatever <laughs> it is, what it is. I mean, um, I can understand how some people are kind of triggered by it or whatever, but it, it's just, you know, it is whatever we got to do to get racing at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, so Adam Ciancerillo said a few weeks ago on <laughs> pulp that, um, you know, like, he's he's going to treat this like a second season, basically. The The rookie season's over. He's going to do a second season, kind of a chance to turn things around, start over, start fresh. Uh, do you feel like you're kind of doing the same thing? You know, maybe I have a point to prove?
6: Yeah, for sure. The, the beginning of the season didn't go um, quite as I had planned or, or anticipated with the prep that I had. You know, I had a really gnarly sickness in January, and that kind of took things – down the wrong path right off the bat, and then um, I finally started to feel better. Had a really, really good result in Dallas, and uh, finally felt like I was making progress in the right direction. And then, um, yeah, practice crash the week after kind of right. derailed that. So, um, I, you know, I'm just looking for some solid results and to get things headed in the right direction for for outdoors as well as uh, you know next Supercross too. I think this is going to impact that. You know, just from a uh, perspective of you know, just confidence and, and kind of ending things on a positive note.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I didn't think about it, but this would be like the perfect chance to do the chase format that they were talking about oh, a year yeah. or so ago. So ago, just we're going to reset the points at certain right now, and just a chase format for the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, that would be sick.
1: I, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, I know you would be. I think, <laughs> I think uh, you and your your Cooper, your training partner, you know, would yeah. be. Uh, I don't think Eli and Kenny would be <laughs> yeah, any at at, for that at all. Um, um they probably
6: wouldn't be that into it. Yeah.
1: I, have you still been, I guess you're still working with Cooper regularly, daily?
6: Yeah, he's been in California the last okay. two weeks. So it's just been me here at the factory and just, you know, hammering yeah. it out. Um, I felt like I needed to stay here and build some more fitness before I left. So, oh, yeah. um, and he wanted to do more testing. So uh, he, he went out there.
0: Are you, are you riding by yourself right now, for real?
6: No, I have uh, Michael Mosman, my teammate here. Okay. Oh, uh, boy. You know, yeah. He's running well, so.
0: Uh, that's it's that's my 250 good. guy right there. That's got to be the Hammer, coolest yeah. the coolest day to go there and just hang out with Zach and yeah. because i got to show up at Baker's Factory one of these days.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a laid-back cool I, day. I got the unofficial invite from Marvin in uh, Denver last year. He said that yeah. on, on in the press conference, he, he said come out and watch because I had asked him a question where he said, hey, you come out and see if there's any drama. And then Michael Moseman said I could stay at his place. So I do have the invite. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so is yes. you come been, on down I, I need to do it i need to do it i'll figure that out um you've been getting the, i guess though so you and michael probably getting the uh the brunt of the alden baker torture then
6: <laughs> uh all of it yes not not just the brunt but every single bit of it
1: <laughs> yeah that sounds
4: awful but
1: uh,
6: i'm excited He's been pretty pretty courteous lately you know um, yeah that's good he knows we got a big big task ahead here and um, we're all just kind of working together to make it happen.
1: Yeah, that's good. I just, oh, man, when I see you guys train, I've said that before. It's just not for me. No. That's why I'm starting to get a little pooch in the belly because, no, man, I'll just eat my ice cream. <laughs> but uh, I saw Anton slam you in a oh, corner. Oh, that's all. I'm so God, glad you brought that dang up. Dang it. Yeah, so, Zacho, I made the challenge. Not knowing that Anton was a pit bike specialist. Hold, hold on, hold on, Zach. You're missing
0: a point too here. Okay. He had no clue that the KLX one or yeah, the the, CR. the CRF110 did not have a clutch. He has never ridden a never pit bike on a and then challenges ever. Anton to a pit bike race.
1: I just wow. Thought, I just that thought, was pretty ballsy. Well, <laughs> so I was telling the story a little while ago. They this at this event, they have this big pit bike race, and there's so many people. They're having heat races, basically doing it. And me and Anton are standing there, and I'm you know I'm talking to Megan, and you know. I don't know, me and Anton are just having a good time. It looks fun. He's taking pictures. And I said, man, I went and asked Checkers. I said, hey, can you get us some bikes? Because I want to challenge Anton. It'd just be fun to let's have a media versus media race, you know, not knowing that Anton was skilled. And they made it happen. You know, uh, Bob Lowry got me some helmets. He got me some – Brayton got his bikes. And then, yeah, he worked me. Oh, so
6: That was funny. I saw it.
1: Yeah, it was It was embarrassing. That The, the, the one he posted where he punted me over the berm – was the very last race, which he'd already he beat me three out of four, so he 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 smoked me. And the time I beat him, they made him start backwards. I'm in. I'm fully admitting <laughs> that. So it is what it is. But when he, I knew, and Kiefer was like, dude, Darkside, you should have known he was coming inside. And I did. I just I reached for the clutch and the brake, and there was no clutch, and I missed the brake, and that was it. I sucked, Zach. <laughs> 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 oh well, just the way it is. I'm not that talented, but you know what? It was fun. We had a good time, and Anton was super excited to to win. So good for him, butthole.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that's that's like being the fastest kid in the Special Olympics. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah,
1: pretty much, <laughs> he beat up on a kid on the Special Olympics. That's what it felt like. But uh, hey, so oh, Pope uh, Mathis brought up this point, and he may not have been the one that originated it, but he made the point Monday night, last night, that you know, what if like, let's say. You got Eli and yourself, the the top guys, right? They're out there racing, and maybe the night before the race that they or whenever they test your temperature, you're running a little bit of a you know a little hot, and they basically they can tell you you can't race like that. That a temperature, not necessarily related to COVID, could you know it could define the championship. What do you think? Yeah, I
6: wondered about that too. Like, uh, you know. So say they do take your temperature, you've got the stomach flu, nothing to do with COVID, and, you know, how how does that work? Yeah. I I don't know.
4: Um, Yeah. So, I
6: mean, you know, obviously I'm not in the championship, and um, there's, you know, not that much on the line for me other than just single-race results. But if I were those guys, I would be, like, ultra careful, and just, you know, I would be a little bit panicked, to be honest, just because it's just a crazy deal and i mean they're going to be obviously right on top of us the whole time trying yeah. to test and do all that stuff so it's um yeah pretty crazy it's God. going
0: to be crazy with no opening ceremonies because i was going to say you could just wear a covid mask thing down to open a ceremony but there's not going to be opening
6: ceremonies or i didn't even know no, no about point that. no
1: point that's gonna be crazy it's gonna be like i it? watched the
6: nascar race the other day uh i didn't watch the whole thing i saw the end and then when harvick was there his burnout and you know <laughs> doing the interview it, it was super weird and yeah. he even said like you know i didn't really think it would be that awkward but man it's crazy just like dead silence and i just won a race and
4: right get a yeah burnout
6: yeah so and you're trying pretty crazy
1: you're trying to do your podium speech and there's nobody there and so when you're doing your burnout
0: instead of like rooting the fans on you're just throwing it in the face of all the other racers going look i just beat you yeah, punk.
1: yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> kidding. you got to smack talk a little more on the mic or something um, yeah, you know, they were talking last night about this, like, they're going to separate into groups. And, you know, are, are the media guys that get to go, they're going to have the whole press conference or box to themselves? Is there going to be a press conference? Are they going to separate? You know, there's so much up in the air. It's so weird. I don't think we get, we're we going to get to find out, TJ. We're not big enough to get that opportunity. But it's just, yeah, it's just a weird thing all the way around. But really, the the bottom line is we're going racing. We're excited and that's about what that. Ca- that's, yep. And pulp Fantasy's back. So, uh, Zacho, I'm going to need you to, you know, we're going to need to talk about this and see when I need to pick you.
6: First round, let's just do it. Let's get it.
0: Okay. I mean, with that kind of confidence, yeah. I'm
1: in. I'm going, I'm going in, but we'll, we'll cut this out here, here, so our listeners know. Here's don't a question. Know. How's Mose looking?
6: He's good, dude. He's really good right now. I think he, you know, I think a lot of people don't quite understand how um, how hard it is to get better during a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think a lot of people are gonna make some gains during this time where you know they they learned some stuff during the beginning of the season, had a little break, some time to rejuvenate, recuperate, and now they can come out again and just be swinging um as if it's the first race. so I think he's one of those guys that have made some hope definite so. gains i in the, I just in got a little off season or whatever you want to call it that we've had.
0: I just got more excited about the racing now that you say that because <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, these guys yeah. are gonna have some more time, get their bikes that maybe they were struggling with this is.
1: I'm excited, dude, bro. Dude, there's, there's It's definitely giving some guys a chance to turn their season, you know, not the overall points necessarily, but just to turn their season around a little bit, you know, for personal, uh, I guess, not ego, but just yeah. to, to feel good about yourself. You know, like you had a bad season starting off, Zach, but you can turn that around and, and come out of 2020 Supercross feeling good, and you know, going into hopefully a few nationals at least and and then start preparing for hopefully a regular season next year.
6: Yeah, I think next year will be a lot more uh a lot more normal. So, you know, we'll just grind this deal out, try to make some good results and like you said, hopefully there's there's a couple outdoors that we can end up racing and um yeah, I think it'll be good. Awesome.
0: Speaking of outdoors, if they run a moto donations, is you still in? There's no donations.
6: We we've talked about it already, but I just I mean, we don't know that there's going to be one and with the with the kind of budget restraints and stuff that the AMA is going through, you know, I think it's going to be a tough time to yeah. send a team, but we'll see.
0: If they, if they do send one as of right now, like if they came, but we're going to send one. What is your, because I know how amped you were about it last year. What about this year?
6: For sure. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, it's awesome. something yeah. that is something I enjoy and um, I feel some obligation to do. And um, yeah, I would, I would love to do it again.
1: All right. So I got two more quick things. We were just talking about events with no crowds. We would appreciate this, you two might not. But my my stepdaughter, my ten my year old stepdaughter, has become obsessed with WWE. <laughs> and she was watching WrestleMania a few like a month or so ago. Yeah. And they're so they instead of going to an arena, they just have their their home base or whatever, where they have their training facility. So the wrestlers are wrestling, but you don't hear crowds, you hear them talking to each other and they're like, Yeah, yeah! you know, they're screaming, they're doing their they're they to be the most ridiculous but there's thing. nobody to like they're they're getting up on the ropes right and they're like taunting yeah. the crowd but there's no crowd they're just oh taunting the TV and it was so <laughs> awkward I thought it was like terrible but of course Derek Rankin yeah Benny uh you know works for uh, Rocky Mountain he's a everybody calls him Jericho because he's yeah. a wrestling fanatic he, he's like oh he's awesome it was great but yeah, super super weird. But that's what I want you to do, Zach. If you get on the podium, I want you in the stadium, the crowd. talking trash to the crowd. Yeah, that's it. Like, come on, you guys know I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did uh, you, did you
0: oh. get? Speaking of all the COVID stuff, did you get that um, simulator? That's what I was. That was my second. I did not. Yeah. Uh. I was
1: still. Uh, <laughs> I
4: was
6: still just fishing the wife. Yeah, uh, I have an old Chevy C10 that I'm trying to sell. That was the deal. If I could sell the C10, uh. then I could. Uh, possibly get a simulator but i'm go. about to just pull the trigger on it I, i'm tired of waiting and uh <laughs> now, it. so basically if
0: anybody's know. listening right now hit up uh zacco on social media they say he gets a picture of that c10
4: right
6: yeah, yeah if you're keen on a C- chevy c10 1971 pretty nice res- restoration Hit your yeah. boy up i'll send you an e-bailey yeah there you go and, <laughs> I, and I, I
1: bet zach would even throw in like an autograph too so oh all day Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a
6: helmet, jersey, whatever you want oh, shit! I Dang, I don't even
1: have one of those. Crap. I got jerseys, but no no helmets. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I wish I could I need a truck. All right, um Zacco, appreciate you coming on as always. Um look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks on TV and good luck, buddy.
6: All right, thanks guys. I appreciate it.
1: All right, take care, Later, man. See. Ya. See ya. Zacco's the best. No, I don't know.
0: But he's awesome. But there's, we, we've got a, quite a few guys that are awesome right now. I can't yeah. say any of them are the best.
1: Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I always say people are the best. Yes. <laughs> Cooper's the best. Moe's the best. Yeah, it's funny because I always tell my kids that there's you can only have, like, one best. Yeah. One favorite. So I really don't have favorites. <laughs> I just have lots that I like. Um, <clears throat> okay, so before Zacho came on, let me check this text again, Brian. From a Yes. Yeah, wanted Talon to do a giveaway. Um, he just texted again. Oh, Talon's watch? Talon Volan is watching. <laughs> the legend, Talon <laughs> Volan. We're going to uh, – hey, by the way, speaking of Talon Volan, so I get to interview tomorrow at 1 p.m. Central. I 1 p.m. I think I saw yeah, it. Yeah, 11 a.m. Pacific, I'll be interviewing Johnny Campbell and his son Preston on a Cherubys Motorsports Instagram Live. Uh, now, I know and Johnny Campbell, but I don't know his son – yeah, like, his son's uh, like nineteen, twenty, yeah. younger kid, and he's been doing some Heron hound and cool. Yeah, yeah, doing pretty good. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to him, and that's thanks to Talon Volan, uh Made all that happen. Uh, but all right, so Brian wants to give away a set, a brand new set of X Future Handguards. Uh, we are still recording on the show, and we're still in YouTube. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're I'm throwing just, hands up in the air. I'm our freaking one. out on my yeah. Team. Go ahead. Do your, do so, your job. Uh, here's what I want to do to give away the set of handguards. Thanks to Brian Fullerton, I want you guys to go on Instagram, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago with the other. Uh, I want you to post your pictures of your bikes. I want you to tag at Cherubies USA, at a, at Moto X Pod Show. Post those pics. We'll give you a week, and we'll announce a winner next week. But thanks to Brian for giving away a set of X Future handguards. Uh, especially if you guys are some off-road guys, or you know, ride at some tracks like you and I did at Spokes a couple of weeks ago, where there's a ton of rocks. Uh, I didn't write his spokes. Oh, you didn't go. That's right. That was yeah, that was muscle mark. My bad. But
0: I don't. I run handguards either way. Yeah. Like, no, those, well, you're not
1: eligible for these cherries. You can't. I'm in, never you, eligible. for One for thing any. you can't say the word. Technically, I
0: just called up and ordered a bunch of stuff from a cherries. Did you hire, order it from Brian?
1: I did. Gotta hope he charged you like he did. an extra ten percent. He did. Good. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so next up we've got uh, Marshall Welton, and he said he'd be ready to go. So let's take our second commercial break, and we'll get Marshall on here in just a moment.
7: What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Anticam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic accessories, like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020. They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kyle's Hockey, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to acherubyusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you.
1: Hey, Dad. Great race.
2: And order your Defy Lock-On Grips today.
1: All right, we're back from break. And next up, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle for many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, and our buddy John Short. Tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us Marshall Welton. What's up, bro? Uh,
5: just trying to recover from this 17-hour road trip I had.
1: Yeah, so you were up in Winterset, Iowa at the Justin Brayton Invitational. That's where I got a chance to meet you. Dude, you kicked some butt.
5: Yeah, it felt good. Um, it's nice when, you know, you kind of meet your expectations. Always kind of going to the weekend expecting to win and to kind of execute like that, it's something, you know, almost something special and not to take for granted.
1: Yeah. I, I'll be honest, man. I uh, You know, I didn't know a lot about you, um, and, you know, I know Ben LeMay pretty well, so I, I kind of expected Ben to work you, to be honest, and that did not happen.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, me and Ben actually were roommates for a little bit um when he came down to Kobamax oh, cool. uh when I used when I used to live there. Uh so I got to talk to him a little bit. But um uh, yeah, Ben's a great rider. I think he's still probably recovering a little bit from his injuries and Yeah. Um you know, he's he definitely challenged me all weekend. It was, he didn't make it easy on me, but uh Right. Um I'm going to blame yeah, it on
1: the just, UFO gear. Yeah, probably that.
5: <laughs> yes. <Euros. laughs>
1: yes. I TJ I didn't know until i'm looking for ben like during practice trying to figure out where he is he's on the track he's just on a ktm and wearing ufo gear yeah he told me about that yeah i no Complete idea
5: incognito yeah he in- was like inco- yeah
1: i'm going on i'm undercover but good for ben ben got a good deal i mean he's he got he, he's getting what he deserves he's so that's good but we're not talking about ben marshall i want to get a little bit of your background man uh you know where are you from how'd you you know how'd you get started in moto
5: i'm from Ubbly, michigan it's about two hours north of detroit and uh If you were to put a mask on me and drop me, you know, drop a pin, drop me somewhere, it wouldn't look a whole lot different from Winterset, Iowa, just a rural farm community, middle of nowhere. Um, That's where I grew up. I raced a lot of the Michigan tracks until I was about 17. Then I moved to a training facility right uh, after high school, and I lived there for like three and a half years, trained there, and made some serious progressions, and Went from like a mid-pack B-rider to, uh, you know, being in contention for the Horizon Award. And mm.
1: well, what, I ended up having a – go ahead. I was, I was going to interrupt you. I apologize. I was going to ask, well, like what made that big jump? What what was it that helps you make that jump? Was it just being at the training facility? Was there something in particular that happened? Uh, you know, did you just kind of figure it out? You know, what, what was it?
5: Well, so what we do is, like many other Michigan uh, families and riders, when – The weather, you know, it's a four-season state, so from October to about March, April, you can't really ride, and a lot of other guys that I race against would always make some trips down south during the winter to kind of just ride a little bit and hang out, and I never really got the opportunity to do that. We did it one time. Um, My dad's always super busy working, and we decided, like, as I got older, he made time for it. We ended up going and doing a two-week riding camp at Club MX, and that sparks it and the following like we did it in 2012 we did that little two-week camp in 2013 I came back and I was able to spend six weeks I was able to take a little bit off time school and do it and that's really what did it like just the progression from starting that camp and from the start of the six weeks till the end of the six weeks it was like man if I could do this all the time I wonder what I could do and my dad want you know like he wanted to have that opportunity for me and i was lucky enough that he you know supported me through the whole venture and um you know that's kind of what led to it It just that first start of training like i never even you know growing up i never had the intentions of being a pro motocross rider it was always just something we did for fun on the weekends i was always so far off the back that it wasn't something i even thought was realistic that's crazy you know after just putting a little bit of time in riding all the time and Having some good coaches, it made a big difference.
0: So, is that club? Is that where you went? Like to stay? Like live it, Live at? Was that club?
5: Yeah, I lived in uh, a little cabin at Club MX for uh, yeah, like three years, and then I ended up living in a house for like six months. But huh. I just lived in a fourteen by twenty plywood cabin with concrete floors.
1: <laughs> so, like right next door to Filthy Phil.
5: We uh, we grew up. But I grew up we uh we lived next to each other for the whole time, actually
1: that's funny and Alex. Did, did he ever rob like electricity from you or anything because he doesn't like to spend money?
5: No, he just lived in the dark, and <laughs> we kind of felt like we were living in luxury because yeah. Zach uh Zach Osborne was there at the time too and okay he had a, he had a double wide, so <laughs> when we wanted to like go see the better side of the world, we so. Yeah. We can go hang out in Zach's double Y. <laughs>
1: we just got off the phone with Zach like yeah, he five was just, minutes ago. He was just
0: on the phone. I wish I'd have known that. Yeah, that'd have been great. Could have got some good stories. You could have thrown him under the bus. <laughs> hey, I got a question. So your amateur career did started real late, it sounds like, as far as trying to be like to make that move to the professional stuff. What did I mean, so what did what was the big thing that you took that helped you get from that mid pack B? To the top level because i we have training facilities around here, we have plenty of guys that that train their butt off, but they just don't ever make it past that that mid level b or top level b when they get to the a it's things a fall step, apart yeah think. so it's a
1: big step what
0: like what worked for you or what kind of advice did you give riders that kind of stuff
5: mm-hmm. see, I went to club i was uh I think that year i finally like made Loretta's I tried and tried to make Loretta's I'd be that guy like going to two or three regionals in 20th place it's not even close (laughs) and I like the previous year that I went to club I was like 18th to 20th place um I think I got I went 18 20 and 250b and stock 250b stock and mod I was like right in that area and the following year, I trained there for one year, and I podiumed 250A, and it was like Jordan Smith, RJ Hampshire, Chris Aldridge, um, Plessinger. It was like, and no, Plessinger is B-class, but there were some, you know, like decent names and uh, really decent names, and I don't know. I think it was just I latched on to, I just tried to make the most of every opportunity I could riding, and I raced as much as I could. I think that's the biggest thing that, guys don't do at training facilities if they don't go race on the weekends i'd always yep, try to yep. try to ride ride you know like two or three days during the week and i'd be at a local race because i still live by that i mean obviously i'm driving 17 hours to go to iowa
4: right yeah I, yeah.
5: i think it's i think that's the most important part is to just practice racing
1: yeah i, I agree and we we hear that a lot you know uh other podcasts talk about that when the amateur scene, they just don't race anymore, you know, and uh, I mean, we hear interviews with guys that have been around legends of the sport and the race craft is just not there anymore for, for a lot of guys, not, you know, but mm-hmm. to really make that next step up, you need gate drops because when you go into the pro class, once you decide to sign up for a national or sign up, try to qualify for a national or supercross, like you, the, the, the level is so drastically different, you know, it's kind of like going from high school football to college football to the NFL. You're, you know maybe a superstar in the in high school but you're once you start moving up that ladder everybody's a superstar and if you don't have those gate drops and have that racecraft, you're just gonna you're not gonna have much luck at least until you figure it out
5: yeah i think that's even going into this weekend there was a 40 man 38 man gate in uh the open a on saturday and yeah i was so i I hadn't raced in a few months obviously it's the whole corona thing and yep I was so nervous going to the line <laughs> Luckily, I had a good gate pick, good gate, and, you know, my bikes were dialed. And it's like after I got out of the gate the first time and I almost – I didn't hold shot, but I I was at least up front. I'm like, all right, right. I, can, I can do some work now. And yeah. then after that, every gate jump was better. But, yeah, yeah you just – those nerves never go away. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that that first that first moto took you a few laps to catch that kid. I don't remember who that was that was leading for a little while. But you started tracking him down, then you were gone. Uh you know, you had Duffy over there helping you out at the gate a little bit. That was pretty cool.
5: Yeah, Duffy's always looked after me. Um, I met him, same deal. Colton X. Uh, he worked for Brayton in 2015, and we always, you know, he's such a good spirited, happy guy. We got along great. He's always, you know, we've always done stuff away from the track together and had fun. So it's, yeah, it's cool to, to just even hang out with Brent. He's a good dude.
1: Absolutely, and man, how freaking cool! was the event this weekend. We're we're not off of this covid thing yet. We're still dealing with it. There's still social distancing. But you come over that hill from Winterset, Iowa, down to the track <laughs> and it's like it looks like a Loretta Lynn race or something. There's thousands yeah. of people, 670 Pax. plus entries, TJ. Wow. You know, and like there was no social distancing. I mean, I don't know what their social media said. We were all hanging out in the you know, there just, was not no, not any social distancing practice but it was awesome (laughs) dude it was just it felt so good to be back and it it was a small local track they don't typically even at this particular event have this many entries but people were coming out of the woodworks to go race because they're tired of being at home and it was it was just awesome and you guys put on a show
5: yeah you could you could tell they weren't quite prepared to have that many people come and it's, it's awesome that they did it it just you know it reassures that there is enough people out there to to go racing it's just they don't always do it and it wasn't just like that in iowa i know silver dollar had over 800 entries i'm not sure what cycle ranch turned out to be but it was big um, i don't remember the
1: number but it was a lot more than normal
5: yeah so there's just having people out racing i just wish that was more of a thing every weekend (laughs) yeah well
1: it may be so
0: during this time i normally work in the oil field but we're all down right now uh, laid off so i've been working a buddy of mine on some fedex routes and I've been doing like FedEx delivery stuff, and there are people like families just sitting out in the yard, and the kids are playing in the yard, and the parents are sitting on the porch reading books, yep. and or they're outside doing stuff. I've never seen so many people outside. And oh, dude! I, I hear yeah. that bikes. Like, I've got a buddy of mine looking for some bikes, and almost all the new bikes are sold. Yep. yep. So this been could be. That. Oh wow! This yeah. could be a good thing. Didn't for Didn't
1: Grant Langston tell us that like a couple weeks ago? That hey, they, he, he was saying did, that they were selling like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. Yeah, it's it's like. If you can take any positive from what's going on, it does seem like people are getting out and doing things more. Uh, like the first week or two of this whole thing, when the when we we're really having the businesses were shutting down, mm-hmm. and schools were letting out, here in the town where we live, I, I work for the city, and I drove down this particular street, and there was like 15 kids out riding their bikes. I was like, this reminds me of like the mid-'80s. Everybody's outside playing yep. and riding bikes, and I was like, nobody's like in the house on their Game Boys and Playstations. God, and it, it like you're old. Yeah, no, I, I said Game Boy on purpose. Shut up. <laughs> uh, all right let's let's shift gears a little bit marshall you uh you went up to canada this last year correct how'd that go
5: uh, i wasn't a, it wasn't a planned trip i what what the deal was is i tried to do supercross as a privateer i had some local sponsors support me from michigan just some local businesses from buddies i reached out to um kind of raised up enough budget to do it and it went terrible. I'd raced the first four, barely made a main event. And uh, after, it was like right before Daytona, same story as like anyone, just kind of starting to catch my stride and weeded my stuff at a practice track. I was at Hampshire's place and tore my labrum, fractured my humerus and pretty bad injury. Oh, wow. um, that set me out for like three months. No, not three months, sorry. It wasn't, I'm thinking, I had the same injury on my other arm, but that was, like, three months. But this set me up for, like, it was probably around eight weeks or so. And uh, it was that time from Daytona to the start of Canada. um, I tried to just rehab my shoulder and stay ready. And the thought of uh, going up there was an option in my head because there might be some support for me. And Joey Crown actually was supposed to race for the team that I raced for and he got hurt yeah. and me and Joey from Michigan. We, uh, I reached out to him and he's like, yeah, hit him up, gave him a, con- gave Al Dick my contact info and we kind of linked up and, um, yeah, well, I just kind of got some support. I couldn't do it on my own all summer doing U out- S outdoors. That was just way out of the budget. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was just an opportunity. I had to go race and I had a really great time. I was going to um, ask the whole outdoor series.
0: I meant to ask the guys that go up there to Canada, because it seems like it would be like more expensive to go up there and travel through Canada to racing. Is is it just because you had the team deal, or do you think it's actually less expensive to do that than it is to do the the U.S. Nationals?
2: Mm,
5: yeah, I guess it just depends where you live and what citizen you are. If you're a Canadian, then it's probably cheaper to go race the Canadian Championship. It definitely wouldn't be cheap to go. Do it as an American. This the living thing. Because a lot of the privateers that race that series go race to race.
4: Yeah. So mm-hmm.
5: they they just kind of kill time during the week and um, they make a big tour out of it. And it'd be tough to do that as an American. Um, but for me, I just I had my flights covered. I flew in and out every weekend, and um, he supplied the bikes for me. So nice. a pretty you know good deal to just go race for me. Um, the purse money isn't anything that's gonna
1: <laughs> didn't get you rich you can huh? put
5: in the save yeah, you, you can't even really put any in the savings account after but at least uh you know it's something and i i mean i just think the racing is good you Yeah. know there's it's, like it's, 10 it's... at least 10 good guys to to challenge you and um always those top front runners but there's some re- you know really good racers up there also
1: yeah it's a really cool series and like i said uh i, I when we did the video interview f- up there and Winter set, uh, you know, at least you got Galdi, so that just makes the the event even cooler. Because Ryan Ryan Galdi's a nut, man, and, but in a good way. He's awesome. I love that dude. Yeah, he's he's
5: awesome.
1: Yeah. So, give me a good story. Uh, something, something cool. Something funny. Something uh, that you'll never forget. Maybe with your first trip up there to Canada, your tour. Anything really cool mm-hmm. happened? <laughs> I did enough. Spot.
5: Yeah. I mean. Uh...
1: I mean, if not, that's fine. I just, I mean, like, you did, you know.
5: Uh, a distinct story.
1: Uh, I mean, did you, you know, wreck a, a rental car, you know, I don't know, like the back are, in the 90s? Are the Canadians as that's nice as what they
0: pressure. make? Uh, too <laughs> are, are the Canadians as nice as what everybody says? Because yes. they make Yeah, jokes. they are pretty dang nice. <laughs> everybody <laughs> sucks, everybody so except for Mathis. Well, it's just, yeah, because all the Canadians I know, like, honestly, like, I don't try to dog any Canadians, but literally everybody I know from Canada because I work with a bunch of guys, okay? Yeah, they're all a bunch of a-holes.
1: Oh, wow. I thought you were going the other way. I Really? Misunderstood. Yes. They're just well, complete okay. a-holes. Marshall, you don't know TJ. so I'm a super nice guy. <laughs> He's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, that's
4: He's true. a very weird guy. That's very true. I mean,
1: he likes Wendy's better than he likes In-N-Out Burger. That tells you why. That's weird. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, it's really easy to be an a hole to TJ because he's just a weirdo. But, but yeah, I just didn't know because he, he, I see jokes
0: about the Canadian niceness and that stuff. And then yeah, and everybody awesome. I know is like, like Mathis
1: has to be the nicest person I know from Canada. Well, yeah, Galdi. I mean, well, I don't know him uh, uh, from Noof. The Newf. I know who I know oh, yeah, Noof is. Awesome. But I don't know him. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever.
5: I mean, I, I will say they they like to have a good time, and it's one big kind of group. After there's numerous nights where. Everybody kind of meets up either goes out to the bar together, and right. just, like everybody's with each other. there's casino trips um these were the racers definitely I mean some of the racers definitely, that's cool, you know, pertain they yeah it's not near as serious as
0: right you know
1: what you it's a get little more laid back, a, yeah, well,
0: yeah. that's kind of what Zacco was saying was like it's going to be kind of laid back at the races
5: now, well. Yeah. Zach uh, ain't laid back. Jack no, I'm talking about back. I'm
1: talking about Supercross at Utah. The, at yeah, Utah, yeah. City. But yeah, even Steve was Mathis was saying that last night. I was like, oh, there's probably gonna be a lot of dinners and like th- maybe everybody gets together for a bike ride, you know? Because wow. they're what else are they gonna do? But, but you know, talk about Canadians. I mean, then you, you could name off other riders like Todd Medalia, Colton Fasciati. True. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, they're just yeah, they're awesome people. I don't. You're an idiot, TJ. So, um. Well, before yeah, I, let...
5: I think everybody I've met up there is pretty dang nice. Yeah, I if exactly. they don't want to be, they still come across <laughs> pretty nice.
1: Well, Marshall, what are your plans for uh, – I know we're a ways off still, and it's crazy, but do you have plans to go back for 2021?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm actually in a two-year deal with yeah. Kawasaki Canada right now.
1: I thought that's what you had said, but I don't know if everybody that listens to this watches the YouTube stuff for sure, so I want to touch on it again. Um, what are your goals? You know, again, we're we're a long way off. What are your goals, though, for out for Canadian motocross to twenty twenty one?
5: Twenty twenty one is a big question mark. Um, I'm not sure what class we'll be racing. Chad uh, Chad Goodwin had mentioned possibly going for the four fifty or staying to the two fifty, depending how this year goes. So um, it's all kind of up in the air at the moment. But uh, you know, regardless, it's it's racing to win. I, it's that's kind of always the ultimate goal to show up and do, you know, race to my best ability and yeah. try to end up at the top step. So just, you know, be as healthy as I can and, and be there. You know, I, I, I train my butt off to, you know, to, to race, to win. So that's the ultimate goal.
1: Yeah. And I jumped to 2021 just because I didn't really know what was going to happen this year, I guess. I don't know what their idea, they're planning for schedule wise and how much racing is going to get to happen. So, I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of looking ahead to a, a full season, but, yeah, I, I guess you still you kind of need to focus uh, on this Ideally,
5: like, I'd, like I'd like to race the 250 Classic yeah. and get a full, full shot at it. That'd be great for me. Um, with the indoors and the outdoors, the whole whole shebang, um, that, that'd that be my goal is to go race to the 250 Championship.
1: Awesome. Well, Marshall, man, I, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit. Um, and again, I, I'm super stoked that I went to this event because I, I wasn't 100% in until last Sunday, but getting a chance to go up there and meet you and some of the other people that I got to meet, uh, man, it's such a cool experience. I'm glad I got to go hang out all day, and I uh, appreciate you giving me some of your time at the event Saturday and and tonight.
5: Heck yeah, it's my pleasure.
1: Well, uh, stay in touch, man, and good luck when you get up to the outdoors. And we'll we'll do this again once racing uh, once you get back to racing.
5: Yeah, sounds like
1: a plan. All right, bud, take care. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Right, bye. See Marshall Welton, what'd you think? Yeah, the kid's quiet. Yeah, but he's super, again, like everybody, super friendly. Yeah. Every time I uh, talk to him or walk by him, man, he's smiling. Whether, you know, to me or anybody that was around, he was just really uh, social and cool with people and yeah. and ripping, man. Did The kid rips. It was it was cool to watch. Uh, let's take our last commercial break, and we'll get Justin Brayton on. Is he going to talk trash to you? Why would he talk trash? What are you talking about? Something about your writing, maybe. What? I don't know what you're talking about. All right, commercial break. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what What was that? It's the Supercross guy, voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs higher rev limits and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to
0: ECUs, then contact WilliamsMotoWorks at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams WilliamsMotoWorks that's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com Okay, that's better not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort.
1: Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Entinap. Seven Two's Trey, I wear Fly, you wear Fly The two. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles.
0: Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info.
2: If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X-Pod show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today.
1: All right, we're back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need Blood Lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection visit bloodlubricants.com and use promo code moto x to support the show tonight blood lubricants brings us from factory honda justin brayton what's up dude what's
8: up dark side how are
1: you uh, i'm doing good man uh you know licking my wounds a little bit but actually just coming off kind of a high of having a great weekend at an amazing event up at one of your your home tracks basically in winterset how'd that go yeah
8: yeah it was awesome it was Cool that you came up. I really appreciated uh, you taking the time to cruise up and hang out. And yeah, we had an amazing turnout. It was uh, pretty special for me to see everybody there and see all the local talent uh, that's coming up. And yeah, there's there's no no shortage of fast guys in the Midwest right now. So pretty
1: cool to see. Yeah, we just got off the phone with Marshall Welton, who pretty well cleaned house. But not only that, just the turnout at that event at your at the Justin Brayton Invitational at Riverside Raceway was unreal.
8: It was, yeah, it was. It was really cool to see, and I didn't fly in till Friday afternoon. So when I came over the hill and drove down into the place, you know, and, and seen all the all the campers and <laughs> yeah RVs and trailers and everything everywhere, I was just like, wow, that is. That is awesome, and and uh, more people.
1: Hey, Justin, we're losing you a little bit. Um, it was you... really. Oh, there you are. Your your signal went away a little. uh you got me. Yeah, we got you now. But go ahead. I'm sorry.
8: Yeah, but to see a full gate of 450 pro riders, of 38 guys, that was super cool to see. Because I mean, that's so hard to come by now. You know, like that don't, that doesn't happen everywhere. So yeah, to see that was cool, and then. Uh, tons of super many kids in 60s, and the 50 class about had a full gate, So pretty cool. Like I said, no shortage of fast guys and no shortage of uh, people wanting to get out and race, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And just so everybody knows, Justin did not line up for the pro race. Uh, you know, he's he's focused on Supercross. He was just kind of hanging out. He rode some some practice laps, basically, but he didn't line up in school, all, them, all those young guys. Uh, you got to stay safe for Supercross. It's about to kick off.
8: Yeah. That's right, man. I had a lot of people ask me like, why aren't you racing? And yeah. I'm just kind of like, come on, what kind of question is that? I've got got some pretty important uh, or I guess pretty important seven races coming up in Salt Lake, as everyone knows. So
4: yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was
8: fun to get out there and cruise around with Bradshaw, though. we uh, we spun a lot of laps, so it was fun to go ride with a few of the different classes. And, and then on Friday we did, uh, Friday afternoon, I rode kind on of a practice day, so it was cool, cool to be a part of, and, uh, yeah, it was fun. Hopefully it just keeps getting bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I got a great picture. I don't know if you saw it. I posted on Instagram of you and, and Bradshaw just kind of sitting next to each other on your bikes, full gear. Got a picture from the front, picture from the back that's like a couple legends, man. man. I mean, that's, like, yeah, that's super cool. And I sent that over to Weej, and his only response was, bro, like, he missed out, he, you know. <laughs> He was up somewhere hanging out, camping with the family, jeeping, but he missed out on Bradshaw and his favorite rider of all time, Justin Brayton.
4: <laughs>
8: yeah, it was cool, and uh, you know there is a story behind the Bradshaw thing. My first ever pro race, I raced Bradshaw it was when he was coming back and racing I, arena. I cross. was
0: gu- I was going to bring that and, up. Cause uh, I remember that yeah. story.
8: Yeah. That- yeah. Yeah. So it's Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> So it was my, you know, kind of a home home race for me. And Bradshaw was coming back, and he had these trick looking factory Yamahas, and he was one of my heroes, you know. And the first gate drop, my first ever heat race, uh, I hole shotted. Bradshaw passed me, and I passed him back, and I puked in my helmet. I was so (laughs) nervous, and I ended up up winning the race. That's amazing. So I never let it. I uh, I give him crap all the time. I I didn't know about the
0: puke part, but I did know that like he passed you and. It. I don't think it was a pretty close race though. As far as it, pretty aggressive for it Bradshaw. Was, was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's
8: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a full page spread in in Playground Magazine. Yeah. And it says like the rookie beats the veteran or something like that, and I Ooh. still have it. So
4: I, I bet that <laughs> eats That was about at the him. only
8: thing I have on Bradshaw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that has to eat at him because he is still so stinking competitive.
8: He is, yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. I love rubbing it in. Yeah, I, I got bet. two things on him actually that I rub in: Daytona Supercross win, and <laughs> I beat him in that one heat race. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. He's got eight hundred things on me.
1: Right.
0: Well, <laughs> well, hey, well, hold on. Well, Darkside had uh, on him that he beat him in a game of pool, but then yeah, that I same did. weekend, Darkside weeded Bradshaw's bike, and so he lost all his credibility.
1: <laughs> no, I still just focus on <laughs> yeah. the pool game. Because here's the thing. Uh, JB, and I told Bradshaw this a couple weeks ago he was on the show. I have video footage from Brian Fullerton at Cherubis of me beating Bradshaw Poole. There is no video footage of me. Oh, really? Oh, wait a minute. My well, yeah. helmet cam. <laughs> yes, Never mind. Sorry. Your helmet well, cam. With you on the, hold on. With
0: him on the ground, I don't know if you've seen this. With him on the ground, he's going, oh,
1: uh, yeah. I just Rick Rachel's bike. No, I punctured a lung, and my, my GoPro was still running. So, <laughs> it yeah, was great, It was man. pretty gnarly. It was great. Anyway. Yeah.
8: I thought maybe you'd redeem yourself this weekend. Dark, said I was hoping you are going to bring some gear. Get no. on Bradshaw's bike, well, <laughs> take it for a quick spin, and <laughs> redeem yourself.
1: So I texted Damon the week before. Once I decided I was coming, I said, Hey, are you still going? He said, Yeah, I'm coming too. He had said, his first response was, You're not riding my bike. And <laughs> like five <laughs> seconds later, he said, Don't even bring your gear bag. So,
4: <laughs> yeah, so. That's funny. Yeah, the whole. But the whole, then
8: you just you couldn't resist yourself. To get on a pit bike, though. No. He couldn't resist and he instigated to, it. And I, call he out
4: instigated Anton. it. Yeah.
1: That's because... He did. That event did. was so rad that you guys... or I, I forget the track owner's name. What was it? it was a Tony Wink. Tony Tony put on such an amazing event. Those guys are up there on these 110s and the pull, pull start bikes... And everybody is having such a good time. There's there's so many people doing it. There's heat races, and I just got fired up, man. I was like, I I, I want to ride. And how do I get this opportunity? Ooh, let me challenge Anton. I didn't know An- <laughs> Anton was a one ten specialist, the butthole. And yeah, he. I was the worst part of that was you guys making him start backwards. And
8: <laughs> well, we had to make it somewhat even, Darkseid. Dude, come <laughs> on! You,
1: man, I would have rather just. Oh, makes me sound so. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna train. No, you were good. You were good. But seriously, no, I've seen the video. He I wasn't. I had no, no idea about
8: Anton. I had no idea about Anton. I don't think anybody did. But he was licking his chops when oh, you yeah. called him out. He was like, he was a total sleeper. Yeah, he, and he crushed it. He
1: he rides really good. He told me at some event that him and Swap did that he stayed on the pit bike track wherever they were for like an hour and a half and Swap had to tell him, you've got to get off and let other people ride. Like he <laughs> he trained at his house, his dad's place or something. They had some land with it. Yeah, he is all in in pit bikes and I had no idea. But that's what I get. I mean, the, the yeah, none yeah. of that really matters though. The point was it was a blast. And I think it also it got,
4: cool, you know,
1: it, yeah, it brought on another battle with uh, um, Debo and Patterson. Uh, I think they, yeah, yeah that became that because of us is what Debo told me. He said, hey, we. I saw you yeah. guys out there, and I wanted to do it. So it's just a yeah. fantastic event. And I, I appreciate you putting on. I appreciate Checkers inviting me. Um, let's change, change topics here, man. The big news, obviously, Supercross. Uh, seven races in, like, three weeks, basically. Kind of a, obviously, a first-time type of schedule. Going to be stuck in Utah. There's COVID testing, all kinds of stuff going on. You know, a, a, a purse a little bit lower purse because of the situation. Just give us your your thoughts on this whole situation going racing up in Salt Lake.
8: Well, I, I love it. For one, I mean, I I think it's awesome that we're going to be back racing. You know, I'm a racer and I want to race, and just no different uh, to you in the in the media game. Like, if we're not racing, there's not a ton of media going on. So, uh, and then for the teams, yeah, we all get paid to go racing, and, and uh, I, I love it. I'm stoked for going back. Um, Salt Lake, you know, probably isn't the ideal scenario as far as the stadium and the dirt right. and the weather and all that. But in saying that, I love Park City. I love Salt Lake City. It's an amazing spot to be. So if we're going to stay anywhere for a month, that's the best spot. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's several factors in it. I, I love logistics and I love trying to figure it all out and how it all makes sense and where are we going to ride during the week or if we ride at all and yeah. get the bicycles there and and I'm going to take my family, so we're going to kind of make a trip out of it. They won't come to the race, but they'll at least be there. So, yeah, the, I I love it. You know, I travel the world in the off-season yeah, and you do, do all these different types of races, so I'm kind of immune to, to the different schedules and uh, think race about formats that. and all that stuff. So.
0: Yeah, being, doing yeah, I, doing something I, I oddball it can actually help you out.
8: I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Not everyone can just be a robot and go back home <laughs> and do their laps on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right. That's the same, same thing Zach just ride they do yeah. yeah, exactly every every week for five years. So
1: yeah,
4: uh,
8: yeah, I, I like it. I think it's cool. It's going to definitely we're really going to be challenged, I guess, from all all angles and. And I think it's just a seven race series. It's been so long since we've raced. I really feel like there's, you know, we were kind of seeing the Rox and Tomac show a little bit. Yeah. uh, Where now, like, if you look back to Anaheim 1, it was like there was eight of us, I feel like, that believed we could win at that time. And then it, you know, starts to fade away. And then (laughs) by around six or seven, you kind of know your spot a little bit. You're like, man, all right need to get a podium tonight or get a top five or whatever it may be. Well, now, all of a sudden, we don't race for several weeks. Like, that belief comes back to everyone. Yeah. There's going to be ten guys.
1: That's awesome. That uh, believe I believe they
8: can win, and, yeah, it's going to be fun.
1: I hope that's the case. You know, I, I told Zacho that Adam Cianciarello said a, like a month ago or something on Pulp that he's basically treating this like it's a whole new season. His rookie season's over. This is season two for him. Let's start over. And I think that gives a lot of riders that, were, that are not – basically not Kenny, Cooper – and Eli, like, oh, that's the, the same deal for everybody. Like, let's just go in with a fresh outlook, start over, and you know, turn turn this thing around. If if like a guy like Zach, who was whose beginning season didn't go very well, you could basically f- fresh start.
8: Yeah, totally, exactly. And then obviously, contract talks were probably on on hold. So if you were mm-hmm. struggling a little bit, you can kind of revamp your contract negotiations yeah. as well for for some guys and kind of redeem yourself a little
1: bit well that's something i want to ask you about anyway i'm glad you glad you brought up the contract so you got the deal with factory honda this year um you know as the basically the second rider to kenny um you know and i know everybody over there likes you you're you're an amazing rider you're great to have around um you know but obviously they're talking about moving chase sexton up um do you think there's any opportunities for you to stay on with factory honda and maybe be a third rider maybe move into some testing uh any thoughts of that, any talks of that? I'm sure you can't tell us anything def- definitive, but just what do you think?
8: Yeah, for sure, before all this went down, uh, there was definitely some talks of all that going on. You know, of course, I I don't know when I'm going to be done. It's, such a, it's mm-hmm. such a difficult thing of when you're going to quit or retire, whatever the right word is for it. Um, and I don't feel like I'm done yet, but I'm also – I'm also waiting to see, you know, I feel like for me, it might be something that I wake up and like, okay, yep, today's the day. But if I, I, I really believe I still have a lot to give. Uh, I am 36 years old, so I'm not stupid. I know that I can't (laughs) race for 10 more years. Yeah. And then, yeah, kids are getting a little bit older and, uh, there's a lot of things that, that go into that. So, you know, if Honda, if there was an opportunity to stay or, to be in a different role i would definitely entertain it and see what that looks like right even if there's not i would love to stay on a honda and um you know even race in australia and race in europe and so there's several things going on in my head i just don't want to jump the gun and and do something too soon that i don't really believe in or sure. that i don't want to do because 12 months down the road i may not want to do it so it's going to kind of let the cards fall where they may and it's been really fun to be on the factory team again it's just i'll bet it's so cool to be a part of something that the guys just want the same thing as you, you know, and, and to be quite honest, that's hard to find in, in our sport or in business or a lot of things is like, I'm so fiery and I want to do the best that I possibly can. And so does a team like Honda. I mean, they'll literally do anything for myself and Ken for us to be the best version of ourselves. And, and I love that. Love being around people like that.
1: That's amazing.
0: So there's a, there's it seems like Honda's done really good with you because in a way you're kinda of coming in, filling a spot that they needed somebody in there because they're not they're not trying to be like, we're taking Justin Braden to multiple supercross titles and he's gonna be a long term <laughs> deal, but it doesn't sound like they've held back mm-hmm. from you at all. Like they're still like full on board, like a hundred percent. It's not just a, you no, you're just here for one year, deal with it.
8: No, they're they're totally on board, and that's what's so cool about it. Is they could do that. They could say, "Hey, we got you one year. Chase is coming in. You know that. So here's what you're racing, and here you go." I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I had a conference call with them, and they were like, "We've been talking about trying a couple different things on the motorcycle." And they're like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna next day, air you this, and we're gonna ship you that, and just so you can try it and give us some feedback. And if you like it, we're gonna run it. If you don't," all good
4: well like
8: they're just they're all in and they could just be like hey race whatever you want or race what you've been racing for these last seven races but they want me to do the very best I can and and that motivates me you know that makes me want to do really good and and then coming to the team I didn't know Ken that well it was you know we weren't like really buddies or anything I obviously respected him a ton so I didn't know what to think and and I've got to really really like him and and get close to him with, you know, on the track with the, his riding stuff. And obviously yeah. I respect him a ton for his riding. And But it's been fun to get to know him as a person off the track. And, um, yeah, it's been a really, really fun season. One of my most fun seasons I've, I've ever had with with this team and group of guys.
1: That's good to hear, you know, especially with the way the season ended up going because of what happened in the world that, you you know, you're enjoying the process. And, uh, I mean, I'm a Honda guy. Justin, I've been on Honda since '93. That's the first bike I bought with my own money was a CR250, yeah, awesome. and I've got a 06 in the shop in my shop and a '15. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Honda. I love those things. Ride red, baby. No yeah, wing, awesome. no prayer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, two more questions from me. Um, with this situation being the what it is, and then once we go back to racing, it's going to be a lot less personnel uh, at the stadiums. A lot less guys uh, for for each team. Do you think that? Uh, helps you any? Do you think that's going to be cool just to have the, your tight knit group of guys? You and Duffy probably. I don't know, you know, if you are going to have mm-hmm. probably not going to have a suspension guy and an engine guy and all you know all the people under the tent.
8: Yeah, once again, I love it. I, these races <laughs> that I do in Europe and Australia. Yeah, it's a close tight knit crew. Duffy's my guy globally, and yeah, we'll yeah. we'll just go to battle like we normally do. And and uh, I'm a pretty self sufficient guy when it comes to just. Just being at the races and stuff. Obviously, I'm older, so I kind of know what to expect, and you know things like food and all that. You just have it prepared and and be ahead of the game. And so, yeah, I, I like that. I, I think it's good, and and um, some people may not, but I, I enjoy that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, and the other cool thing about that is after this weekend, uh, I realized like if something happens to you, let's say you get sick, right, and you're just not feeling great. Like, I think Duffy could probably throw a leg over your bike, throw your jersey on, and do okay.
8: <laughs> he rides pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, he's pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed with the guy. Yeah. And he is, man, I I, mean, I just met him for the first time, I, I think it was San Diego, and the dude is so freaking nice, man. He's just a cool dude.
8: Yeah, you can't wipe the smile off his face. Exactly. I've known him for several years now, and we've worked together for – I guess going on five or six years or so now, or maybe even a little more.
1: That's
4: awesome. And
8: uh, he's just always happy. He's always smiling. That's what when Honda, you know, was thinking about hiring him, I just said, he's just an awesome guy to be around. Yeah. You know, no matter how the results are or whatever, you just can't wipe the smile off his face. <laughs> so it's That's fun awesome. to have guys like that around for sure. And he does rip. He he rides good. He was a local A rider in his time. And, yeah. And uh, he doesn't ride a bunch anymore, but, when he
1: does ride, he's, he's solid. Yeah. Yeah. well, he, Just like you, even though you're the one racing, I mean, he can't go out and get hurt on the side having fun. That's one of the things he mentioned. He's like, I can only imagine yeah. like having to call Kehoe and say, Hey, I got hurt <laughs> at this race and I can't wrench. So, yeah, he's got he's got yeah. responsibilities also. Um, last question I want to ask you, and I brought this up to Zacho, uh, and I have to still, I'm still on the question, basically the idea from Mathis, but they talked about like when you guys are at this event, you know, if, Basically, if your temperature is high, they're not going to allow you to race. So somebody could get just a common cold or something, have a, a temperature, and that could decide a major point in the championship or just in a series in general. Um, how do you feel about that? You know, that's we, I don't know how they're going to handle it.
8: That I have I have no idea how they're <laughs> going to handle it. You know, obviously I've thought about it. Yeah, and it would be crazy to. You know, even with the whole coronavirus thing, they say that you could have zero symptoms at all and feel totally fine, but you might have it. So yep. what if we show up and six or seven riders have it, top riders, you know, say a few of them top five in points, like... yeah. Yeah, what happens? How, how how does that work? And well, I think it's an interesting time, but um, you, yeah, you, we'll all just try and do the best
1: we can. And y'all need to watch it.
0: out for who's like sixth and seventh in points. They be <laughs> trying to spread something. <laughs> just a fe- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Michael Lindsay
1: said. I think it was Lindsay last night that said, uh, "Yeah, like with there's going to be I think uh, 40 uh-huh. total guys, or you know, so yeah. like the the odds are there's a, there's a fair chance that at least one guy is going to have symptoms or the, yeah. the the virus. You know, like. What's going to happen? Well, I guess we're going to find out in just a very short amount of time. Well, I got a question before you oh, said you had yep, two questions. That's yep. something. Okay.
0: You're talking about how much you love racing and this and that. And me, as a vet rider, my kids are kind of getting to the end of me having to take care of their riding. He's doing, my son's doing his own stuff. And so I've been looking forward to possibly doing like Loretta's stuff. Is it within a few years when after you get retired, are we going to have to worry about you on the line like we do all the other ex-pros that we have to beat?
8: <laughs> you know, I I would say six or seven years ago, I looked at the old pros that were going there and I was kind of like, man, really? And actually, my last year at Loretta's in the A class, it was when Jeff Emig was there. Yeah. And Emig swept. and. Uh, Josh Hanson got second and Clark Styles. I don't know if you remember Clark
4: Styles. Yeah, Stiles, I do. He was a yep.
8: two-digit national guy. He got third and I got fourth. <laughs> and I remember leaving there so mad that I got beat by these two older pros that I, I kept saying, they shouldn't even be there. They stole <laughs> like I should have got second to Hanson, you know? Yeah. So I always looked down on it, but now in saying that, now I'm 36 and yeah, I would love to go there. I'd love to take the family and just race and and there's just nothing like lining you, up. There's you could be like, like Barry this, Carson. This feeling of, yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who, who knows, but, um, yeah, I, I'll definitely ride though. There's no way that I don't have a couple bikes in the garage and, awesome. and right. the ride. You know, a couple of times a week. So I just think it's so good for you. It's good, I feel like it's good for your body. It's good for your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just Absolutely. good for your relationships with, with your wife and yeah you know, right right
0: yeah h- how long into this <laughs> yeah. corona thing did your wife go you need to go ride somewhere
8: <laughs> well it's funny i would just take my kids to the track every now and again because i had a broken hand so i couldn't really go right ride. so i'm like oh let's just i ended up getting three pit bikes so i had two 110s and a, and a little 50s so all of us went down there including my wife and and two kids and we just went and cruised around just because I, I just love being at the track i love being outside and
4: yeah, and,
1: uh, man, I could see that. This so weekend. yeah, once
8: I was able to ride, yeah, once I was able to ride, I was, I was at the track. Uh, nice, pounding some laps. bro.
1: So. that's awesome. Well, Justin, before I let you go, um, I reached out to you recently. I want to tell the story because I just got a message on Instagram. So I had reached out to you. Um, a girl named Shelby DM me, and her boyfriend uh, listens to our show and Pulpamex and he's got a little man cave. His name is Kane White. Um, and like I said, this was a secret, but I guess he knows now. So uh, she's just like, "Hey, is there any way I can buy some riders' jerseys? Where would I do that? I want to surprise him." And I kind of told her like, "You can't really buy them, you know. I mean, typically the riders aren't selling their jerseys, but uh, you know." It's like, and she's like, "Hey, he," I said, "I'll reach out and see what I can do. Who does he like?" And she said, "His favorite riders were Adam, seeing Cirillo, Justin, Brayton, and some guy named Filthy Phil. I don't know if he's a writer or just a character on the show." but he loves those three guys. <laughs> so, so I reached out fun. to yourself, and yeah, you yeah. said yes, you would get him a jersey. Um, and Filthy sent a jersey. It's it's laying right here, actually, in my in our studio. And I didn't even ask Adam because I don't know Adam that well. Um, but I got a few jerseys. I got Cade Clayson to send one, Alex Ray, and Chris Kiefer, all guys who are heavily involved with the Pulp Show. And Kane uh, now knows... I he listens so I want to tell you thank thank you for uh you know you're gonna get me a jersey, and or get him Absolutely, a jersey yeah. and uh, I I know that Kane is listening and appreciates it, and as a matter of fact he just TJ this is for you he just signed up with our Patreon account where he's donating some money towards the show each month awesome. that helps us get to the races so Kane I appreciate that uh your chick Shelby's rad That's for awesome. reaching out yeah, yeah very very cool um but Justin I'm gonna let you go get back to your family um. Can't wait to see how Supercross goes for you. Hopefully we'll get another podium and Weeds will be able to contain himself. Um, but <laughs> but thank you so much for, for everything this weekend, for letting me ride your pit bike, for letting Anton smoke me, uh, and for coming on.
8: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and, yeah, thanks again for coming up to, the, to Iowa. It was yeah. fun having you.
1: It was cool, man. It was my first time, and I thought it was beautiful up there, and they, they did a fantastic job, great event. Uh, but, anyway, we'll let you go, and thank you so much. All right. All right. Thanks see you, care. bud. We'll see you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, Justin Brayton. That's cool, yeah. So Shelby just messaged me. Well, I saw that Kane – I saw I got the Patreon message. So I saw that Kane right. had uh, joined and is supporting the show. So I, I asked Shelby if he knew because I, I assumed that might be why he did it. And she said, yeah, he's pretty stoked because I had posted a picture of the jerseys earlier and just said, I can't tell what this is for. So, uh, Kane, man, thank you so much. It's really cool but uh, main honestly man you uh, you owe your chick something I don't know a trip or a, a ring I, I, I don't know man I maybe overstepping my bounds but if you've got a girlfriend that reaches out to help you uh, s- you know support you the, the sport that you love and your your hobby that's that's a pretty cool chick so uh, for sure yeah right on um, again I want to remind everybody about the fly kinetic gear giveaway send an email to MotoXPodShow show at gmail or go to motoxod show.com Click on the contact link. Tell us why you listen. Tell us why you don't enter the contest, mainly because I'm very curious as to why. Yeah. We're going to pick a random winner for some Fly Kinetic gear. And I never got a hold of Shan Garcia from Shock Socks and Berm Lords. that Next week we have Aaron on the show? Possibly, but That'd I do awesome. want to tell everybody. I, I talked about this on YouTube when we were off air a little while ago, but Aaron Smith is the guy that I've been mentioning who has been in need of a kidney transplant. He got the call I think it was yesterday morning, awesome. um, or sometime yes. Anyway, he went into surgery yesterday. They found a perfect match donor. He had the transplant. He is doing well. He's up and walking around. Uh, I texted him earlier today, and he's in good spirits. And the spirits in the last text he sent was, "I cannot wait to get back on a bike and rip again." So, awesome. um, but Aaron is still in need of help with you know medical bills. He's not working obviously right now. Especially, it's going to be a long road of recovery. I'm sure if you guys can help him out, man. All you got to do is go to PayPal. And it's Aaron two five three Smith at Gmail. Uh, Do you have
0: his Instagram? On. Is the where he? Did uh,
1: yeah, I think it's BSM Paintworks. Yeah, that's it. You did. Um, y'all need to go bear follow
0: with me. him. Shan just texted. So y'all maybe, need to go follow him on that um, BSM Paintworks yeah. IG. I'll I'll share it yeah. on our
1: show here in a little bit. I'll share something from him so that it's there. But, but this dude um, is an amazing. Yeah, give me what you talk yeah. For a second, while I try this, to get. Well, Shan shut up. This dude is an amazing helmet
0: painter. Uh, he's actually, like, like I was inspired to try to learn how to paint helmets and airbrush, and I started messing with it. But when you see the kind of level that this guy and Kirk and those guys, Kirk can Hunter, do, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. With extreme colors, one of our sponsors, and and the BSM Paintworks. This dude does more than just helmets. He does full motorcycles. He does cars, jet skis. boats, jet ski. Yeah, he does all kinds of stuff, and it's it's unreal photo quality stuff. So yeah, definitely yeah. check that out.
1: So I'm still waiting on Shannon to respond back. But regardless, if you can help him out, it. Um, and I, I need to post this on our on our Facebook or something yeah. where I can, but it's A-A-R-O-N, Aaron, 253Smith at Gmail. When you go on PayPal, search mm-hmm. out that email. Um, I mentioned earlier our buddy Moose over in Australia. He donated 400 bucks. which wow. he did ask. He, he was collecting, I, I don't know why, but he's a collector of moto stuff. He was collecting number 43 jerseys like he wants Tyler Bowers. Well, uh, our buddy John Short was forty three last year, so we got him a John Short jersey. We um, actually got him two jerseys. We got him his one of his new ones as well. But Moose sent four hundred bucks to Aaron, and that that's insanely helpful right now while Aaron is dealing with this medical issue. But we're just blessed that he got the the donation of the kidney, and sounds like he's going to be doing good. TJ, uh, are you, yeah, it's good. I was I yeah. Was so good, good um, responding. All right, let's. Real quick, I'm gonna take I'm gonna pause the show and see if we can get Shan on. Awesome. Um, if we can't, then we'll come back and wrap this thing up. So hang tight, guys. All right, we are back and we did get Shan Garcia on the line. Shand is the owner of Shock Socks and Berm Lord Graphics, a uh, great sponsor, longtime sponsor of the show, and a very good friend. And he is in, in, super, super close with our buddy Aaron Smith, who we were just talking about. Hey Shan, so I hear there's some updates on Aaron. Tell us what you know.
7: Well, I talked to him at 7 a.m. Uh, he just texted me about two hours ago. And his uh, fiance, Jen, Jenna, had sent me a video of him walking with the stroller down the hall for physical therapy. Uh, but when I talked to him at 7 a.m., he was, he was obviously worn out, pretty groggy, and he didn't get <laughs> any sleep last night from, from bladder spasms. So it sounded like he had a hungover night, basically, but not being hungover. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I... It, so far, it said the kidney is, is uh, functioning, working properly, and working well. Amazing. So he's just, he's just blown away, TJ and Jamie and all your listeners. He's just blown away with all the prayers and, and well wishes and thoughts and all the shares on Facebook and social media. And it's just completely blown him away. He told me yeah. that in a text today. And so that's the latest update I have. I didn't want to call him this evening or tonight um, just because I, I just kind of give him his rest and stuff. But I'll check in with him tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Well, I was saying. And I wanna, oh, go ahead.
7: I was just going to say, man, I want to thank you guys uh, and your show for everything you've done, for gathering up all the signed plastic and the signed jerseys. Y'all've done just one fantastic job uh, for the auction and raffle items, and it hadn't gone unnoticed. So just thank you guys once again.
1: Well, yeah, I think, our, as you know, you've been in this, this industry for a long time. The Moto community, man, even if Aaron wasn't one of my buddies, we, we always come together as family. Um, and yeah, that's the least we can do. And, uh, we were just promoting the the PayPal. It's Aaron two, five, three Smith at gmail.com. If you go on PayPal, search out his email and you guys can help out. Like our buddy Moose, uh, from Australia, who I just mentioned a little bit ago is, you know, gave 400 bucks to Aaron. And that means so much to a guy that's self-employed, but cannot work right now. And probably doesn't have the best insurance on the planet. No, you're right.
2: You know, you told me about that,
7: that guy Moose over there in Australia uh, last week, and that was just an incredible, incredible uh, thing that that guy Moose did because he doesn't know Aaron from the man on the moon, like you said. But that's the industry kind of coming together, and, and uh, you know that just that just meant a whole lot. And yeah, hey, Moose, if you're listening, certainly appreciate it. You you, uh, you, you impacted somebody to get more, how you impacted, how well you impacted, how lucky he is here. But just super, super cool of you to do that, Moose.
1: Awesome. Uh, Shan, before we let you go, um, obviously we're, we're so excited that Aaron's on the mend. And by the way, the last text he sent me a couple hours ago was I can't wait to get back on a bike, bike and rip again. So that, that tells me Aaron's in good spirits because honestly, the last few times I've talked to him, he, you know, he's been tired and wore out and like that, that hasn't been any part of our conversation, but now he's like, I think he sees the light uh, at the end of the tunnel, man. And, and I, I'm excited that he's excited.
7: Well, you know, how many how many mornings has he woken up wondering if he's gonna get that call this morning or if he's gonna get a kidney in two months or six months, or is he ever gonna get a kidney? Yeah. So that's mentally draining and mentally that'll mentally wear a person out. And uh, you know, through it all he hasn't complained much. He's got to you know, hooking up to the dialysis machine every night is a and, and unhooking in the morning is, is a task because he's gotta be so cautious and careful and Use the alcohol swab, the alcohol wipes or what have you to make sure everything, there's no infection. But the only thing he's ever really complained about is, I just want to ride a damn dirt bike again, Shan. I want <laughs> to ride awesome. my damn dirt bike again.
4: Yeah. That's,
7: that's, you know, Aaron doesn't complain. He's always smiling, always a good, good, uh, upbeat, spirited guy. But if your only complaint the whole time is, I want to get back to my hobby, I miss that more than anything. <laughs> you know, that kind of just tells you. That yeah. tells you his drive and his motivation and his, yep. his love for, that's awesome. for racing motocross.
0: Well, once he gets back to riding, something I'd like to do, I'd like to go out and reshoot that photo cover that we shot.
7: Yeah, yeah, TJ. That would be really cool, man. That was 13 years ago, yeah. 13 and a half years ago. And I, I think that's a great idea, TJ. We'll go
4: yeah, out. That I, I was still, for Whole
1: Shot Magazine yeah, for those listening. And I think yeah. we
0: did that at Underground back in the day. And we I did that in. Go ahead.
7: No, you go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I think we did that at Underground and I kind of have a little bit of connection there at Underground. Maybe we can go out there again and set that up and do that do that shot all That'd over
4: be cool. again.
1: Heck yeah.
7: What that was is we we did do that in the fall of '06.
4: Mm-hmm. Because I still have that cover. We were,
7: about to cover. Go, we, were about to, we were about to go to the West Coast Supercross and that is John the John Michelle Bell Victory Creek is the <laughs> yep. signature move. Yeah. The John Michelle Bell did. Right. And so we wanted to replicate. We just kinda of wanted to pay tribute to that John Michelle Bell victory creep jump. <laughs> and uh, and Aaron was Aaron was chosen to be the one to do that because he was slim and tall and he could actually lay the bike over and kind of get up on top of the frame. Mm-hmm. And while it's not a one hundred percent accurate replication of the John Michelle Bell jump, it's pretty damn close. And you know, TJ you nailed it that morning with your camera and I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I can't wait for his ride day whenever we reschedule that. Uh, that's to be determined because of COVID. Yeah. But uh, I think it'd be really cool to have him do a sight lap and a parade lap, and then also uh, if we can find the right hip jump for him to get out there and and pull that pull that jump back off TJ. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: I have I have that that uh, magazine at the house. And I'll will snap a picture of it, send it to the dark side, and we'll post it up on our. Yeah, ex, on is it our, not in that pile of whole shots? Right, there? I looked, at it and yeah. see it. Okay, I, that's what I was looking for earlier. I was yeah. looking
1: through this pile of whole shot magazines he has here. Well, before right. we let you go, Shand, um, obviously, I said you're the owner of Shock Socks and Berm Lords Graphics. Um, what's new with it with the companies, and how how can people? Uh, reach out to you if you know if they want some products because we know shock socks are the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. So if you don't want leaky fork seals, obviously your choice is shock socks. But uh, yeah, just tell us what's going on with the businesses real quick.
7: Well, I appreciate that. That's a nice segue, Jamie, and the tagline's great. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, man, this COVID deal kind of slowed things down a little bit because of all the international shipping. It doesn't matter what country you're getting it from. Everything's shut down. So uh, it's funny. My phone has been in downstairs um, here at the house, and I just went down and checked it and got a drink of water. I'm up here packaging shock socks right now while you guys are on the phone with me. So uh,
4: everything's,
7: everything, everything's steamrolling ahead. Uh, Tucker Power Sports has been great to us, and they distribute the product to the various motorcycle dealerships across, across the world, and especially here in the United States. So anybody listening, you can go to shocksocks.com and place an order and or just check out the different models we have for the specific bike you have, and then you can go to your and or you can go to your dealership and flip through a Tucker parts catalog and, and uh, have your dealership order them if they don't already stock them.
1: Yeah, and you can get that for big bikes, mini bikes, and even street bikes. So
7: correct. Yeah. we've got a whole whole different series of a uh, street dirt series and different different types of shock socks for yeah. different uh, different.
1: Well, and briefly before we let you go, because I don't know that we've talked, we've had Adam on, but um, you know, Lord's Graphics is a relatively new business for you. Um, it seems like it's going well. How how is that working? I mean, I know. Look, Adam, Adam designed the back of my one of my new jerseys, and being the Iron Maiden fan I am, somehow he he put in like Eddie and the Iron Maiden logo within yeah. my number. Uh, he's done some California logos for me. Like Adam is like it is not just your basic. Graphic cookie cutter, cookie cutter graphic company. Adam is an artist and he kills it. But talk about that just a little bit.
7: Well, I appreciate it. We're uh, we're about two and a half years in business, or, or actually, I'm sorry, just about two years in business, and uh, we've been doing great. We're thankful to thankful to all our customers. Um, man, we just we just fit all. We're firing on all cylinders, and, and uh, we're not trying to grow too fast. But we're organically growing. And we're uh, we've got a lot of Texas-based customers, and we've got a handful of out-of-state customers. It's going really well, and and um, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's uh yeah. it's been fun. It's it's a learning experience. You know, I I'm kind of the brains behind the business model of it. And
4: yeah. Then,
7: and then Adam Adam does the software, but we both we both uh, get involved with the design aspect and what the graphic kit should look like, and then he's... He Jumps on the software program and, and does all the design work, so it's a it's kind of a one two combination, it works well. Uh, we get along, he's a long time friend, yep. And um, and uh, couldn't be happier and can't thank all of our customers enough.
0: Well, he did a great job on mine. I'm doing uh, Makita Suzuki style, but instead of saying Makita on it, it says Moto X Pod, yeah, yeah. And I was like I said, I was like, man, kid, how hard, I wonder how hard this font's going to be to find. <laughs> I mean, 10 minutes later, they sent me a proof. Here you go. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, was right. like nailed it. Yeah, so he's a badass. I, I will have photos of that. I just put them on the plastics day before yesterday, and I'm still in the middle. I couldn't wait. I had to get them mounted <laughs> on the <laughs> yep, plastics, yep. but um, I got the bike build going on right now. That's awesome.
1: Well, so we, we currently do not have a... A graphics sponsor on the show, so obviously, if you're listening to the show and you need, you want somebody to make you a badass set of graphics, uh, something original, hit up berm, uh, bermlords.com and Adam will take care of you. There, like I said, Shan has been on board with us since day one, almost with Shock Socks, so check them out. You know, you don't, you, you get whatever you want, whatever you ask for, Adam can pretty much do. Uh, it would be original, I promise you. So check them out. And Adam just did. I just uh, Ron Dog said
0: Adam did the dented pipe logo.
1: That's right, he did. Yes, he did. Yep. dented pipe podcast. That's a uh, Ron from yeah, one of our buddies. So anyway, Shan, yeah. He re- oh, go
4: ahead.
7: Rondog Dog reached. Ron reached out and uh, yep. asked Adam, and Adam ran. Adam ran a few ideas by me, and we kind of collaborated, and I said, "Adam, go for it." So Adam designed it, and I think there was you know one or two little three or four different options but then one or two little subtle changes on one of the options and uh it was a quick done deal and we're we're glad that ron dog reached out to us and i know that's one of y'all's listeners and yeah uh, that was getting a good show going so best of luck to him as well
1: yeah i was on his show recently and it was a lot of fun but um well shan i'm gonna let you go thank you for updating us on aaron and uh talking about berm lords and shock socks and thank you for the support over the years all
7: right jamie uh tj sir appreciate everything y'all done and and we've all been friends for many, many, many years. And uh, TJ, I think TJ and I became friends back in 2004 when he worked at, what, Classic Honda or one of those Honda shops and doing doing the mini-bikes, I believe. Yep. But, you know, I, I, I'm one of the guys that kind of reflects back and says, "Yeah, that guy's kind of been in our corner and been a friend for many, many, many years. Uh, certainly appreciate everything y'all done for, for Shock Socks with the show <laughs> and, and, uh, and especially, you know, helping help plug us. But, but mainly also... Aaron Smith. That's super cool. Y'all yeah. for y'all to kinda of take the take the lead in picking up some of the jerseys and plastics from the supercross teams. Guys, listen and thank you so much, all the all the team members and racers and team managers. Certainly certainly uh, didn't go unnoticed and can't wait to raffle and auction all that stuff away. And again, thank you, Jamie and TJ, for everything y'all done.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. But I will tell you, Shannon, if I had known you were gonna come on here and give T J any praise, I probably would not have called you. <laughs> we don't we don't do that <laughs> well, on the show.
7: I, I got to praise him a little bit. It's hard being ugly and dumb throughout life. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking
1: about. That's what I'm talking about. Love it. All right, Shan. We've got to go we gotta now. We've got to go. A good. Thanks, Shan. All right. See you, all right. All see you buddy. Bye. Bye. All right. That's going to be – we're going to wrap this show up. Thanks, Shan, for coming on real quick. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to uh, Kevin Merritt, Zach Osborne, Marshall Welton. Thanks to Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbys, Williams Motor Works, X Brand Goggles, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, all of our amazing sponsors. Thank you, uh, Kane White, for coming on board with Patreon. Um, really appreciate your support. Appreciate you listening. Thanks, for Shelby, for reaching out. Uh, thanks for everybody on YouTube. Thanks for everybody listening. Thanks, thanks, thanks. We are so excited that you guys are still supporting us and listening to the show. We're out of here. Oh, and by the
0: way, Dark Side, obviously, dropping the ball like he normally does, not handling things the way that he should. Forgot to remind y'all about the giveaway for the handguards for Instagram. So make sure you get that posted up. Get the, your, ex-future hand the ex-future handguards. The ex-future handguards. From uh, what company? From Acerbis. Good job. I can Yay. say it right. I just don't, just to bug you. <laughs> Guys, the uh, the Acerbis, uh, how do you say A- A- Acrobis. Achurbis? as the, as, the as, Acrobis? Uh, as
1: Tyler and Snap said, like when I – I coached him for the commercial <laughs> and he said, still said like two or three different ways in the commercial, but anyway. So anyways, make sure you get those sent <laughs>
0: in. We really appreciate everybody those. And don't forget our sponsor stuff for blood lubricant. When you go on there and you're buying stuff, put our code in that's moto X moto X Sorry. is the code there to, um, anyways, like I said, good show.
1: Yep. We're out.